them. And One of the tells yeah. for me, if you ever feel like you've encountered my evil robot twin, you need to purchase a Danish. <laughs> could be cheese, could be fruit, either one. And you need to watch me eat it. Because the real Ashley will always eat around the center of goodness and then eat the center of goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Very Good unique. Yeah. Buckkeep Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 71, The Rain Wilds Chronicles, book two, Dragonhaven, chapters 15 through 20. We finished the book. I'm Rachel and I am a rereader. I'm Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny and I'm a new reader. I'm Eli and I'm a new reader. I'm Ashley and I'm a new reader. And I'm Elena, a new reader. All right. We've got no corrections, no omissions, no announcements, except to remind you that we do have a content warning for Chapter 18, which I will also call out before we get there, uh, for miscarriage. But first, Chapter 15. Chapter 15, Tarman. We open with Centara being all pissy pants about Thymara only bringing her two fish for breakfast, even though the girl had to carve her own spear to catch them with. Thamara asks what Sintara is doing to her. Why is she changing so fast? And Sintara tries to play it off like, eh, no big deal. Humans just hanging out with dragons. It happens. Merkor steps in and says Sintara needs to step up in the truth department or he will. Like your name, Sintara. I will let it go so far and then I will take charge of it. And perhaps your keeper too. Sintara uh, reacts like the Earl of Lemongrab. I'm Mercor is just sort of amused. Do what you should do, little queen, and it's no problem. Centara's aggressive display almost causes a fight. Sestacan's stepping in like, hey girl, you need me to beat this fool for you. Um, no. A queen does not need interference from a male, Sested. Don't. Keep her. Take me for a bath now. (laughs) Centara stalks off with a bit of a lady doth protest too much uh, vibe around Mercor. She would outfly him and defy him. He would never master her. Like, are we going to get a dragon romance novel here? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Um, but also, who says he wants to? Wah, wah. Uh, we jump over to Leftrin, who is asking Skelly if maybe she can reason with Tarman or sweet talk him or something. Because uh, he hunkered down even further into the mud overnight. Skelly told, tells the old boy how much she loved that dream of Kelsingra and wanted to get there. So uh, what's this about? Tarman answers with actions and not words and starts doing a humpty hump until he's turned around on the dance floor. <laughs> I mean, the sandbar. <laughs> I bless you all for getting that. Uh, so finally, he's turned around on the dance floor. The sandbar, I mean. Um, pointing at the other river. Oh, we were going up the wrong river. Roll out. Outside of the narrative line, but worth calling out, Lefturn makes a couple interesting self-observations here. Um, He realizes that it's humans, animals, and dragons to him. Um, The dragons just don't fit either of the other categories. 
And he's as much a keeper as the others. It's just that his dragon is in the shape of a barge. Back over to Thymara, who is now cold and wet from bathing Centara and has no answers from anyone she's asked about the changes, uh, keep the eat weather keepers or dragons, hers or otherwise. And she and Cedric and Sylvie and the dragons are watching Tarman flash his gams and spin about. Ranculus proclaims that he smells dragon, and Murkor corrects him. You smell live ship. Balaper, which is like the oh poor Balaper, didn't he lose his his drag his keeper? Uh, pipes up. And what is a live ship but an enslaved dragon? His memories belong to us. We should eat him. Surpri- <laughs> Surprisingly, no! don't eat Tarman. It is not Murkor who stops this, but Callow, the largest of the dragons, and unafraid to use his size to get his way. He nearly causes a dragon riot by pushing them all around, but roars that he'll kill them all if they don't stop and listen. I do not recall all that a dragon should. And I recall much that a dragon should not. Kalaro I was, of Malkin's Tangle. Caesaria was a companion to me. He looked now at Tarman. I was the stronger, but sometimes he was the wiser. If we tear that wisdom to pieces and share it amongst us, will any of us have the whole of it? Will any of us know what Tarman seems to know? So, like, mm. yeah, my heart broke a little bit. Cesaria didn't make it. Our Cestican theory was wrong, by the way. Um, but hey, cool if he had to die along the way that he became part of a live ship so we don't totally lose him. The barge moves out. All the dragons head after it. And the various keepers on the sandbank are left to scramble into small boats and head upriver. Sylvie and Cedric and Thymara end up in a boat together. Sylvie is sad that Mercor didn't even glance back to make sure she had a way to follow. But Cedric soothes her by pointing out it's because her dragon trusts her to get there. Like, you're confident, girl. You got this. Cedric has time for a reverie about the freshwater river and the, the river of fresh emotions that Carson is bringing him. Um... <laughs> If he didn't show up where he was supposed to be, Carson would come looking for him. Swoon. Additional swooning, thinking about uh, moments of intimacy with Carson. Big, gentle hands and no need to be in control all the time. No comments like Hest made that one time, like the singular time. Cedric asked for something. Don't try to tell me what you want. I'll tell you what you're getting. Oh my god. Could Hest have been more of an asshole? Growth moment, Cedric now regretted not that he had lost Hest, but that he had ever found him. Oh, burn. <laughs> the, girl, the girls begin to talk about their changes in what seems to be a weird place for a private discussion. Cue Cedric feeling super awkward until Sylvie drops that she's not an elderling yet, but Murkor is making her one. And to do that, he gave her some blood. Uh, say what? <laughs> say the other two. <laughs> How much blood does it take? Oh, you know, like a drop or two, she says artlessly to the two people who both caught mouthfuls. Whoops. (laughs) Sylvie says Merkor is directing the changes. Thymara admits Centara is not. All Cedric (laughs) can bring himself to say is that sometimes he's afraid Relta doesn't know what she's doing. Oh, we're all afraid of that, says Sylvie. (laughs) And... And I, I think she, I think that with the implication that all the dragons, like not just Relta, but you know, uh, maybe. <laughs> and while the commission, while the commiseration feels like inclusion, the future feels like a very blank map. And we get like triple bird news. So first up, which is on the ninth, 
Um, it's a formal notice from Hest to everyone everywhere in the Rainwilds that Elise and Cedric are on notice. He ain't paying them bills no more. Uh, Eric is, says to Tozy, the swift pigeons were full day and a half ahead. I'll have to work out a banding code so we can tell which is which. The next day, uh, notice that traitors Meldar and Kinkarin are willing to pay a lot of money for info on their missing children. And Eric is saying to Detozi, man, it would be great if we could have like an hour of conversation together because I bet we could work out a code really fast. And then two days later, um, yet another, uh, this is from Sophie Meldar Roxon. Uh, a letter of credit for the use of Cedric Meldar or Elise Kinkarin as they may have need. And Eric, um, making the, the number one sin, he's taking it back. He's like, Detozi, I hope I wasn't too forward in suggesting that we, I should come up river to make a banding system for our pigeons with you. Dude, ne <laughs> never take it back. Never, never take, take it, it back. back. Just uh. confident and stick with it. <laughs> yes. Make that lady feel wanted. <laughs> I love that Sophie was like, oh my god, Hest is a bastard. I'm going to give my brother money, and I yeah. guess Elise, too. Like, Yeah, well, she she thought Elise knew and considers Elise a friend. So, yeah. Right? And Sophie's not going to let them be penniless wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Although she's probably just signed herself up for, like, all of Tarman's expenses for the next... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what she thinks about all the rumors that uh, Elise and Cedric ran off. She's together. probably really <laughs> confused. <laughs> she well, thank goodness she knows the truth, though, because otherwise mm. Hess could just say whatever the fuck he wanted. But if it really gets to that point, she can be like, "Well, you know, not really." She probably <laughs> thinks there was an accident or something because, right? You know, she knows that they didn't like run away together, so. She's probably very scared for her brother. Yeah, I mean, because she, like, she, she thought she was one of the ones who seemed to think Elise was in on the whole thing. So yeah, so she wouldn't have. She'd be like one of the only people who's like neither of them had a reason to run away. Like so yeah. th that therefore something bad happened. Yeah, totally. Or they're just on an endless journey to Katsinga. <laughs> Hess probably thinks they're spending the whole time in a hotel. Yeah, getting in, in the uh, rain getting wild. room service and yeah, that rain He's wild. Like, they're hotel. just spending all my money shopping, <laughs> buying flame jewels. They've got a QVC <laughs> problem now. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also learn the truth of Caesarea. Oh, rest my heart peace. broke a little. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess he's I not know, really being resting. Part of he's... is kind of cool. Swimming, 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 swimming. I think it's pretty legs. cool, though, because it's like, I don't know, there's only a very small amount of them even survived. I wasn't expecting Caesarea to even be there at all. Yeah. Yeah, there's some closure in that to think, okay, well, at least out of everyone that was in Malkin's Tangle, I, like, know their fates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, a, we, we definitely know, th you know, three of them for sure. Because we have now Kalaro, uh, which is Kalo, and Caesarea, and Malkin. Right. So still right. some questions about Shriver, but we'll see. We'll right. see if that ever comes to light for sure. Well, it's funny because we've talked about this in spoilers. We're like, oh, Caesarea's legs. <laughs> <laughs> 
and but also I think I think that Kahlo saying you know that Caesarea was wise I think that implies that with without without that part of you know without Caesarea Tarman wouldn't know where to go mm. so yeah. Mm-hmm. it's yeah, really important sure. it's and it goes all the way back to you know like the fool and all of the, you know all of those like chance things that happen that lead up to you know big finds so hopefully it pans out and now that it's nice Tarman that his google legs. maps got upgraded <laughs> yeah and of course and Tarman has legs which seems to be a key idea yeah and he can partake in the last dance of chances <laughs> <laughs> That's what the poem's about. It's not about. It's just about Tarman. It's about Tarman, yes. <laughs> um, what else happened? Oh, okay. So now we know officially how to make an elderling, sort of, with your sort mind of. and your blood. Cedric was just ahead of the game. Cedric's like, wait, a two 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 drops. Okay. <laughs> He's like, what if you have an entire pint? <laughs> well, he just licked it off his finger, but I mean that's like still still way more than two it's probably drops. yeah, it's probably like five drops maybe. I don't know. I'm going with more like he didn't get a scale drops. though. Yeah, I mean, uh, no, but remember he, he couldn't stop the, he couldn't stop the blood flow, so that was like on his hands, on his skin. Well, he didn't like on his face. He wasn't like yeah. licking his whole body. No, but it, your skin <laughs> is porous. Your skin is mm. porous. <laughs> He's eating salt and vinegar chips. <laughs> he, he's gonna. His hands are Get gonna look Cheeto so weird forever. Get the Cheeto dust all over forever. his hands. Yeah. Oh God, the Cheetos! You're supposed to eat those with chopsticks. Yeah, you got to do it with chopsticks. Not if you're Cedric. <laughs> just, just cup your hands, lick it off. He's like, I'm classy until you give me a bag of Cheetos and the next Buck Wild, just fucking powder all over the place. I also really enjoyed Murkor finally telling Centara that she's being a bee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone should have. She's gotten away with it for so damn long. It's like, no, you're fucking with a human now who's taking care of you that you treat really poorly. Like, step it up. She still hasn't quite learned. <laughs> yeah, and you, you know... It seems like elderlings aren't just a chance thing that dragons do for fun. Like, I know they're supposed to be, like, dragon art, right? Like, <laughs> just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah like, they're, you know, like, they, they, they go to, like, wine and draw, and they, like, make an elderling for the like, 900 years. <laughs> One gets too drunk. <laughs> That's not a little funny. You're not paying attention. You in the back. You're not paying attention. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, you know, it's not, I don't think it's just art. It seems to be part, I'm, like, looking at it as uh, animal husbandry, right? That's one of our one of our sections. It's, what, what about their evolution needs assistance? They do seem to need a lot of assistance, right, through mm-hmm. each of their stages as they grow. So it seems like not only is Elderling their art, but it may be necessary for their survival. So why mm-hmm. are you being shitty to yeah. a person whose assistance you actually need? Who's going to get those... You know those leeches off you, and then there's the uh, like I, I think it's in a later chapter, but like Thymara is cleaning the wings, and she mm-hmm. notes that oh yeah, there's no way she could clean this herself. Mm-hmm. Yep, you don't have thumbs. Dragons don't <laughs> have thumbs. Burn. 
It's like my cat, you know. If you can't control me, you don't have thumbs. My sister's cat does have thumbs. Still can't oh, well. control her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was I had I had a thought today how much the dragons are like cats. Or at least yeah. like I was thinking of like my cat because she's a little bit like overweight and she can't like um she either can't or won't like lick herself properly and so every spring and fall she goes she's a main coon but she goes she goes through this molt process and she'll end up with these horrible like tangles in her hair that i have to like brush out and i was like wow you really can't like groom yourself you're kind of a special needs cat here (laughs) yeah Right. And it's, it's like, well, how much of that is because that's how they like how humans bred them to be right. But how Mm -hmm. much of that is just like her own, you know, chance, right? Mm -hmm. Like evolutionary chance. So yeah, it's like these, these, these dragons think that they're like the perfect, the perfect creation, the perfect being Lord of the sky and the the three realms that are, you know, the ocean and land, but they can't even like clean their own wings. Yeah. So yeah. This is why yeah. they frustrate the hell out of me because I'm like, I mean, I guess because the only POV we're getting right now is from Centara, she's the worst. But <laughs> yeah. like, if we got Murkor's POV, it might be like, oh, okay, this character isn't so bad. Well, I don't know. Maybe Murkor's just as much of a bastard as anyone else, but he keeps it to himself. It's right? true. We don't have his internal monologue. <laughs> right. He, he doesn't have a Twitter account. He's talking <laughs> mad shit inside of his head, and he just doesn't let yeah. it out. But that's fine, right? That's fine. Yeah, I mean, literally, that's what emotional maturity is. It's not that you don't feel all those things or think them. It's that you don't take action on them and you say them. say them out loud. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, I did I did, uh, I did. did feel a little bit for Centara, though, when Mercor was like, it's going to be like your name, okay? I'm going to take the choice away from you. And I always thought that was a little bit out of line because it's like, that's her name. You know, and names mm. have power. So it's kind of the ultimate like douche move to say, well, I'm going to take that away and tell these people your name, even though you don't want them to know it, just trumpet it as loud as I can. So I thought that was kind of out of line. But also she was being really shitty by not telling her humans. I mean, I agree, but he could have, I don't know. I feel like he could have talked to her about it and it wouldn't have made a difference though. Yeah. Dragon. You don't talk to dragons. You don't reason with dragons. So, I have a, a a theory about Thymara that that wound because it it happened when Murkor was carrying her that that stuff on her back which will get revealed later in this section is his doing and that he's been kind of guiding it. Mm. I don't. I feel like it was a wound, but I feel like it's more Centara that's doing it, just not realizing. I mean, that's what it like, like feels like with the blood. Like, but I mean, it still, is. But Mercor's like, he, mouth it, was like on her, right? Like his saliva. Yeah. His yeah. It all seemed to start with that moment, um, mm. specifically the wound on the back. But um, well, it, it also seems like that that the changes, what, what you know, the elderling changes occur in places of like mobility or like the neck mm-hmm. the mouth like eyes like places where your your skin is maybe like 
juicier, thinner, wounded, open, you know, yeah. like juicier. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like Centara started it and Murkor is like, okay, I'll take control of this because she's not. It's thinner. like, what do their buttholes look like? Are they like completely <laughs> just. <laughs> Like every other scales. animal on earth puckered okay <laughs> they have they have scaly crinkle stars and they literally look like you know uh, you think you think i think i think dragons just have like cloacas 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 and they just poop wherever they are they can't control it like birds mm. <laughs> right. Right. that's, why you, that's why you get little this tiny little diapers <laughs> yeah you little, little bird, bird diapers, diapers is- Put them on the dragons. That looks great. <laughs> You're so beautiful and blue, and your diaper is also beautiful and blue. Yeah, buttholes. I don't know what I'm talking about. Buttholes. Sorry. <laughs> it just this is a very strange tangent we have gone down. <laughs> uh, what else happened in this chapter? Oh, we got Samora Carson being a romance hero of our dreams. <laughs> yes. He's he's large, he's in charge, he has big soft hands, good smile, twinkly eyes. More of how awful Hest was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. Like so, so how how dare you ask me for anything in bed, Cedric? In bed or out of it? I'll tell you what you want. I'll tell you what you're getting. Like yeah, Jesus Christ! So like, whoa, gross and abusive. I, yeah, yeah. He's ugh. and there are so many characters like that in Hobbes' like world. There's all these just fucking asshole, like macho. Like they act macho, but are really like these insecure, like little weaklings, but. You know, like he seems very much like, like regal or, you know, like that's mm-hmm. the same kind of guy. Um, and then Eric and Tatozi taken. <laughs> I, I, was, I was so happy when Eric was like inviting himself up to the rain wilds and then so like, no, Eric, don't, don't take it back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, hopefully Detozzi's like, oh, that that bird didn't make it. Never got that one. (laughs) He's like, oh, sorry, I just nerded out about birds, and that probably weirded her out. (laughs) Got too into the bird thing. We've been corresponding about birds for years now. I think they're both bird nerds. (laughs) Yeah, right? But he he just questioned himself. (laughs) He wasn't sure if he got left on red. Because it took over a month to get a reply back. It's a very inconvenient form of communication. <laughs> well, it, the funny the funny thing is the fact that he walked it back is actually what tipped his hand. <laughs> right? But that's also just cute for us. Because now oh, yeah. we're like, oh, Eric has an ulterior motive. Mm-hmm. What he should do is just show up. He's like, hey, can I come visit you? Hey, you know what? Sorry, I didn't mean to invite myself. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be good if he sent a bird from, like, the dogs. Close, like, closer. Like, <laughs> is she, is Her she, own is she in, is she in tra- She sent your hog, right? Not Kasarik. 
Yeah, she's yeah. an yeah. ultra hog. It'd be good she's... if, like, she wasn't there for a second, and then he just showed up and, like, put a little message in, like, the bird coop in one of the... I want like, him to tie a bunch of pigeons to his body and fly there and end up, <laughs> like, up in the coop. Finally, those kings have something to do <laughs> with their superior body be, mass. Then they can be dinner afterwards. Mm. <laughs> That's it. He showed up with dinner. What a good guess. <laughs> oh my god. Rude. <laughs> All right, I have to move us along because we have an extra chapter to do this tonight. So you steady, shouldn't stop us, us from our laughter, Rachel. <laughs> Just gonna. <clears throat> All right, uh, chapter sixteen is called Reeds. So they're on the. Yeah, well, I mean, it's better than last week's chapters. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we have some repeats from this section and the next section we're about to read. Have like oh, same chapter names. Is it also reads? Because I can't wait. <laughs> um, all right, so they've they've gone down the new river, and so Leftrin is taking stock of their new surroundings. The river is full of life, but there's also no shore for the dragons to rest on, which is inconvenient. Uh, but at least Leftrin has Elise, and everyone is cool with them being together now. And even Cedric didn't kick up a fuss, although Elise informs him that he's not pleased. Um, because he thinks that Leftrin is deceiving her, but at least it's a deception that she has chosen and she'll enjoy it however long it lasts, and so will Leftrin. Uh, Elise is also making fast friends with Tarman, which Leftrin is intrigued by. Um, he then notices something odd about the reeds, and Elise announces that they need to go and investigate, and lo and behold, they found the dragon spa! Uh, <laughs> Mercor informs them that these warming platforms outfitted any elderly worth their scales homes back in the day, and now it's time for some quick but needed rest and relaxation before they move on. So the dragons settle in for their heat massages, which are decidedly better than the mud masks they had on the Acid River. Meanwhile, Carson appears to tell them that there's a whole set of ruins under the water, and Elise notes with surprise how, at how he and Cedric interact, and I guess Cedric actually smiling is something noticeable these days. <laughs> um, so while the dragons enjoy their overnight spa stay, Tats fills me with rage as he complains that Thymar is being a tease because she won't actually sleep with him. She tries to logically explain that having a baby on a barge in the middle of fucking nowhere when they can't even find solid ground to camp on is maybe not a good plan. And this moron is like, well, clearly that means you don't love me because you're not willing to take that probably minuscule risk of getting pregnant by sleeping with me. And I just, I, I can't. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> fucking ragey. <laughs> the moron rightly reminds him that Jerd got pregnant, so it can definitely happen. But he decides they just shouldn't bother because when people love each other, they don't say no to the other. And I did love Thymara's response that, that married people say no to each other all the time based on her terrible parents. But also, get a fucking grip, Tats. You really can't wait a few weeks until you find land you can actually stand on. I mean, maybe it's because Again, I don't care. to Ash's really... point last week, masturbation. Right? Just like, why is this that hard? I don't get it. Anyway... We're saved from any more of Taz's hormone-fueled stupidity by a dragon cry and a splash. Callow is done with Greft. Um, Alan plays lifeguard and plucks Greft out of the water where he was thrown by his angry dragon. Leftrin demands to know what happened, and after Eider dangles him off the side of the barge for a bit, he finally comes clean that he was trying to ask for blood so he could become an elderling. 
Sylvie then comes forward and says that she was with Murkor when he asked the day before, and Kala refused because he didn't trust Gref not to take it and sell it. Do we have a traitor in our midst? Sylvie and Murkor ask together. And then Gref loses it and has a full-on meltdown like my three-year-old neighbor not wanting to take his nap. <laughs> he rants on and on about how he thought his expedition was going to be a chance for him and he had dreams, and then stupid Jess crushed them when he explained that this whole thing was just a ruse to get the dragons far enough away from Kasserik to slaughter them and then sell the parts onto Chalcid and get rich. Everyone was in on it. The councils, Leftrin, Elise, and Cedric. He gets a well-deserved punch from Leftrin after he insinuates that uh, Leftrin was going to bribe Elise into bed for dragon blood. And then he loses it even more. Greft is dying. And I'd almost feel sorry for him if he hadn't spent the past two books being an asshole to everyone. But it is what it is. There's things going wrong inside of him, and he can feel it. He's heard about the other Keepers being shaped by their dragons, and he wants that too, so that maybe he could live. He lists off all of his symptoms, and everyone kind of backs away as he stalks off to Sulk. Elise then picks up the bottle he was going to use uh, to get the blood in, and she says, It looks like an ink bottle, and Cedric suddenly goes pale. But Carson <laughs> is there for protection. <laughs> Uh, Elise questions the, the validity of Gref's accusations, and Lestrin explains that Jess and his employer thought they could force him into compliance because they knew about Tarman, but he never agreed to it or planned to do it. And Elise tells him she believes him, and so she has truly made her choice. Uh, in bird mail news, the Rainwild Council sends the Bingtown Council yet another bill, this time for the rebuilding of the docks at Treehog after the flood. And Detozi writes Eric to tell him that she's sending back her nephew and takes special care to thank him for letting him come. She's also sending him more birds. No reaction to the other. No rise. Not great. Not great. Eric, Eric, you're go it's gonna be all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like. Oh, I flinched when there was, like, no mention of any of it. I was like, oh. ruh <laughs> Eric's just sitting in the rain reading that tiny, <laughs> tiny scroll that he plucked <laughs> off a pigeon. <laughs> Be strong. Shake it off. Shake it off. It's going to be all right. Yeah. Don't let it knock you off your game. Stick with it. Yep. Stick with it. It's all right. Maybe the birds didn't interact. It's okay. Maybe both of the birds didn't make it. Yeah, you don't know. Some <laughs> shit happens. Oh fuck! Not <laughs> <laughs> the birds send, sending the like. Wait, I didn't mean it. Text just like didn't go. He's like, no, I'm gonna do him a solid. I'm just not gonna get there. <laughs> At least message three wasn't like. Did you get my message? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so before we talk about Greft, I want to talk about Tats and Ugh, this motherfucker. Nope, nope, Why? Nope. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it was so angry. It's the worst. The entitlement. The entitlement. If you don't have sex with me, you don't love me. Well, guess what? Like, you don't have to love somebody to have sex, and she does not love you, so, <laughs> like, whatever. Well, also, the, like, her flawless logic. She's like, if, you know, hey, if, if, if. If, if you're expecting me to, like, put out and put myself at risk for you, why shouldn't I expect you to, like, have a little patience and wait for me? I'm not saying no. I'm saying not right fucking now. Yeah. Like, well, it's also a, a real – this is a, an incredibly real 
a threat, right? It's not yeah. like yeah, like, like she should risk her life. Time. She should yeah. risk her life so that he can get his jollies. Like fuck off. It's just a very bad time. Like stop. <laughs> yeah, just I don't understand why he can't wait like four weeks. Like just chill. It's very much like the end of the Hunger Games where Katniss is like, I don't want kids. And Pete is like, I do want kids. And then he just badgers her until she has kids. Oh. <laughs> and you're like, what is, that's it? Maybe is that's that why I don't her, remember you know, those books. 1,373 <laughs> to dislike PETA. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never liked PETA. PETA sucks. Yeah, I, like, I, I wasn't necessarily, like, <laughs> anti-tats i was like okay you're kind of being pushy on this stuff until this scene and then i was like you know what i'm fucking done with tats like, yeah this yeah is, tats is like aggressively it's... 15 years old like yeah <laughs> and like before it was him just being a persistent 15 year old like but yeah this and now is some and now next it's... level yeah exactly now he's being really like gross and aggressive and like um manipulative like yeah yeah and is this is this gref's influence is this just because he sees all these adult men like carson and lefteran like you know partnering up with people and it's well like guess what date. they can't get fucking pregnant <laughs> like, well, you want to have sex that bad like... pair off with them go have a threesome <laughs> but like but also like these are people who have something to offer their partners yeah. right yeah yeah and in this world it's the frontier you know this isn't this isn't high school in modern life like you you're making decisions for the rest of your life when you're 15 like no he needs to step back yeah the where logic are is those so wizard wood birth control skulls mm-hmm. yeah. this is my question tar man you got shit in your hold mm-hmm. you can yeah start he's archers. This in my start making those because these kids need them this is what happens when they ran Amber out of town. She was providing <laughs> a service. A service. It's like, oh, you won't get pregnant. But even if you did, like, I would just take care of you. Like, being pregnant is not a an ordeal because he'll take care of her. Yeah, and he's like, I'll be a doting stay-at-home dad. Out of your legs, like. Right, but We're except that, adventure. you know, Saimara herself almost died matter. as an infant. Her yeah. mother almost died when she was born. You know, like, she's she's got real concerns. Also, they're on a boat in the middle of a river. Right. They and can barely feed. They don't know where their shores. next meal is coming from. Like, and they they're can't having to take do fucking that. manual labor all the time. Like, you know, she's climbing they up trees. They need to trees go full band camp boats. and just do oral on each other and just, like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Like find other things to do this whole like eat yeah this whole the whole it has to be sex or it doesn't count like it's it's pretty it's pretty dumb like it's pretty fucking stupid have have these kids never heard of hand jobs or yeah jobs i mean finding a hobby focusing on (laughs) friendship yeah they could work on their paddle carving yeah well, look, I mean, we're just saying, like, if the hormones, this is, we're not doing abstinence-only education. We're doing proper sex education. There's a lot of other things that you can do to scratch that itch that don't actually put your partner at risk. Yeah, man. You know? Just order a flashlight on Amazon.com. They're very available. <laughs> They're in the Amazon. It's probably one-day shipping. <laughs> uh, 
That's what Kelsinger is. It's just like an Amazon Depot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a warehouse. It's a warehouse. But not with the humans. It's one of the fully robotic no. ones. It's one of those fully robotic. They're just going to find all kinds of weird shit. What do you need? <laughs> well, welcome to the Start Amazon with a shirt. Warehouse. Shirt would be great. <laughs> Solid ground. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I feel I feel like based on how this kind of builds later, and we can talk about this in that chapter too, but I, maybe some of this is meant to be a contrast of how imbalanced sex education is for boys and girls, where for boys it's about, you know, oh, look how fun this is going to be for you. And for girls, it's like, you will die. Yeah. Don't do it because you will die. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, die. so maybe that's like the point that she's making with this, but I just, it really just made me dislike tats because I'm like, Dude, seriously, I thought you were better than that and smart. Maybe not better to think of it, but when she said it, at least smart enough to be like, oh, you're right. Maybe this isn't about me. Maybe this isn't rejection. Maybe she's got a point Scared. here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there is – not that I want to give him any, like, credit. Not credit is the wrong word, but, like, cut him any slack is that, like, he didn't grow up in the rain wilds, so he isn't totally – it, I don't feel like it probably wasn't as bad where he came from in terms of mm. women giving birth. So mm-hmm. maybe he doesn't quite have that same sense of fear. But that didn't stop Graft, so I really don't have any excuses for anybody. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's really just like especially for Tats, like and maybe a little bit this was working for Graft as well. It's like this is the first day of the rest of my life, and I'm eager to live it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he wants to do all the things that he promised himself he was going to do for volunteering for this adventure right and adventures are fun and you find the girl of your dreams and you have a dragon and you find a hidden city and you get rich and like all those things put sex further down on the bucket list (laughs) wait a little while (laughs) yep which brings us to graft poor guy yeah like i mean i felt bad for him like listing off all like the unfair things for him and like obviously like he had i mean he was still being a dick to everybody and like you know making stupid rules but i mean he did get his dreams crushed by stupid jess and you know i mean like i do feel bad for him but also i mean obviously i feel terrible for you know later chapters but too but well i think for graft it's also just like he's the reality of what living this is he's what you risk by living in the rain wilds like Mm -hmm. you know high risk high reward but the risk is that you die young of you know essentially you know rain wilds cancers where Mm -hmm. your your body just betrays you and like he's worried about that and he's this isn't something that he's never seen before. Like he knows exactly what's happening to him because he saw this happen to his neighbors and his family, you know, like his symptoms are horrifying and they're horrifying, but it's also like, especially from like Thymara's point of view. And I touch on this in my chapter, like she's looking at her future. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's th- as changed as they are, because it was Graft and Thymara are like the most changed. This is what you get. And this is why they leave babies out to die instead of trying to raise them. So, mm-hmm. you know, confronted with those realities, it's like the last, it's again, because they think this is the first day of the rest of my life and I'm about to have an adventure and I'm doing things no one's ever done before. But the reality of their situation has never gone away. There's still kids that live in this poisoned, 
you know, forest on this poisoned river. Yeah. The problem is, like, he still didn't have to be a dick the entire time. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, like, people would have been more sympathetic to him and might have wanted to help him if he hadn't been a fucking turd. But this is where Hob gets you. She always does this. She's like, oh, do you hate this guy? Is he the villain? Well, I'm going to present you with some logical arguments about why you should feel bad for him. Well, but here's the thing, though. Yeah, it doesn't work for me. Yeah, like what counteracts it is that he makes very conscious choices in how he relates to other people and he chooses to be kind of callous and cruel and hateful. Like he, you know, he chooses to be sullen and unhelpful and selfish. Well, that's the energy he's probably gotten from everyone else his whole life. I mean, it's a product of of how he's grown up in this world, too. I mean, obviously, Thymara is not that and she's she had a loving father to mitigate that. That's true. So, I mean, I, I like it. I mean, it's good. It's good writing because you can see how he got to be who he is. But it's yeah. Still, but at the end of the day, you know, right? We're not obligated to like him, but no. we can understand him a little bit. I, I, I think I kept like saying, well, you know, he's not as bad as Kenneth in my head. I'm like, yeah, because like everyone Kenneth met, he'd be like, I should kill this guy. <laughs> I was gonna say, Grep hasn't murdered anybody nonchalantly, just like in passing. So I mean, that's you smell right. bad. I'm, you're dead. He's also like on death's door unless he does something drastically soon. Right. This was his last chance. He's got it. But like, how something. much further would it have gotten him to just be like, "Hey, these things are happening to me. I feel like I've done a good job. Do you think I can do this?" Instead of trying to be like lying and manipulative and conniving, like well, exactly. I think. The controlling part of him, one, I relate, but two, like the the controlling part of him is like, that's how he deals with it and he can't get out of his own head. And so like when, and it was working for it, it was working for for a while. Yeah, it was working and still suddenly it's not working and, and his dragon fires him. Like (laughs) (laughs) his his dragon cancels him. (laughs) You, you're canceled. You're no longer oh. my keeper. And and like that was shocking to me. Shocking that his dragon fired him. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, it seemed like they didn't ever really have like a an emotional bond. It was more yeah. The, his dragon. Like, you're the oh, go ahead. You're the big one. So I'm gonna, you know, take you for that reason. Right, but Centara right. and Thymara don't have an emotional bond either, and yet, like, Centara's like, oh, but that's still my keeper. You can't take her from me. That's mine. It's my thing. It's my favorite. And Kala, mm-hmm. like, he never trusted Greft. Like, from the onset, they didn't have, like, fuck if you like each other or not, but, like, are you concerned that your keeper's gonna maybe murder you or steal your body parts in the middle of the night? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, from the onset, it wasn't a good foundation. I mean, yeah, the dragons were even Do- talking about it. They knew that. that he was going after body parts they knew it Kala was embarrassed by his behavior do you think not threatened I yeah I don't know that he was threatened because he's giant he's like what is this fucking fly of a human buzzing around me like whatever but I don't know I even I don't know if I would even be embarrassed I would have been fucking annoyed I think it's offended yeah I think for sure yeah like you're reflecting poorly on me and I can't control you anymore and you got my Bye. name on your name tag. You got I'm on your, on the side of your side of your shirt, well, he my also, logo. Like, when you are out, you are take... representing me. Do you understand? <laughs> it wasn't even like he went to him privately in the end. It's like he he interrupted Spa Day and was like, <laughs> "Give me your blood." 
And so, uh, you know, everybody was watching. Well, because he was like, he woke up and he like couldn't swallow anymore or whatever was <laughs> yeah. wrong with him. And he was like, fuck, I need my dragon to like stop this bullshit. Everyone else is getting blood. I want blood. It's. I feel bad for him. I really do. I. He sucks. And I wouldn't be his friend. And I don't want to have a drink with him in the bar. Oh, no. Or the, the toad in ore <laughs> or whatever. But I. I still feel bad for him. I pity him. It's like. It's like Gollum. <laughs> yeah, just be, just because I can understand why it's happening does not make me particularly empathetic because there's so many other people who also experienced hardship and abuse and being like treated like shit and chose different behaviors. I think it's pity rather than mechanisms. empathy. Yeah. That and that's I think that's a big there's a big difference between those two feelings as well like you're not you're not sad like that he's probably gonna die soon but like it it's he lives it's a sad life right and hob has done a really great job of conveying the fear and the uncertainty and like the lack of control in all in in that situation i think it makes you sad for the people like him and because we're more attached to Thymara, who right. does have those issues. It makes mm-hmm. you worried for those characters. Yeah, exactly. You know? I think ex- that's exactly what happens. Uh, any last words about Chapter 16? I don't think I, I would like a warming platform. Um, a warming platform? Everybody has fucking hot tubs except for me. I want a hot tub! <laughs> I want it! Ashley, you're going to get one. They they go on sale on Wayfair all the time. I know, but they're not cheap and they're like I'm one person with a job that doesn't pay me enough. <laughs> and I have to replace my ductwork still. I haven't done that. Well, get an elderling to build you one. Right? Uh. <laughs> I either need to relocate to a place that's close to a hot spring or I need to need a sugar daddy to buy me a hot tub. But then it would smell like farts. yeah i mean i'm not saying a hot spring is the ideal obviously i would just prefer to keep my cute house with all my flowers and have my hot tub out back but we'll have to we'll have a hot we'll have think of how gorgeous i could be if i had a hot tub and i just was (laughs) stewing in it all the time and i just grew into this fabulous creature with beauty and my colors changed yeah. I'm going to start a GoFundMe. I fully anticipate all of our listeners will help me fund this project. I, I'll, help, I'll help you buy one, and then we'll have, a, and then we'll have a, a housewarming party after the pandemic four years later. Yeah. <laughs> It'll, we'll call it Malkin's Tangle, and we'll all get in yeah. the hot tub together. Just, I'm wearing the shirt. Malkin and Tangles. Malkin and Tangles. Okay. Uh, ch ch changes. <laughs> the 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 uh, fourth time this title has been used in these two books. Oh, not the last. <laughs> in this book alone. I wonder if there's a theme of these books. Okay. <laughs> the morning after stopping at the large heated cat beds, we find Cedric thinking about his recent conversations with his hunky boyfriend. Carson had remarked on Cedric's new copper scaling. Now he wouldn't like to think about Cedric outliving him. The conversation moves from this awkward topic to an equally uncomfortable one concerning Cedric and uh, his damaged friendship with Elise. 
But with a look, the dragons are waking. We're spared any awkward talks for this chapter. The dragons pull themselves off their hot plates and sizzle on back into the water to wade back over to Tarmum. And it turns out those platforms also had some wireless charging tech built in because these dragons are positively <laughs> glowing. They look good and they know it, flexing their winged biceps and strutting all the way to Tarmum. What are these hot lizards about? They're pissed about greft. <laughs> and now that they're all juiced up on the hot rock life, they're here to make their grievances known. <laughs> Callow gives Tarman a shove to wake up all the humans and then, quote, the humans come boiling out of the ship's interior like termites from a crushed mound. Gotta love that dragon description of the people. <laughs> Touch my ship again, any of you, and I'll harpoon you in. Bellows <laughs> Leftrin. Have you a harpoon, says Murkor. It's good stuff. <laughs> a tense Prove standoff it. ensues. Kalo threatens to spray them all with venom, but then stands down and demands a new keeper to replace Graft. Spit wants a keeper too, but he's not uh, very tactful, uh, nor does he want to stand down. Uh, Kalo threatens Spit, and then Spit is, uh, you know, about to spray everybody, and he gets tackled by Murkor and Centaur at the same time, and just gets venom everywhere in the water. Uh, Spit fin finally calms down after Murkor threatens to kill him a couple times. Then the Benny Hill music stops just long enough for Thymara <laughs> to offer to be Kalo's keeper, and then it starts up again. <laughs> Eventually, after Centaur chases Thymara around for a bit, Kalo chooses Dabby to be his new keeper. The real interesting part, though, is when Spit chooses Carson to be his keeper, and Carson accepts it. So, the chapter ends with Centaur examining humans in a way that she's probably never done before in her entire <laughs> brief existence. Why is Carson, a male hunter, hanging out with Cedric, a decidedly male <laughs> keeper? Sounds fake. <laughs> what about Thyvara? She looks like she hates me. Mm, good. I think I actually like her a bit now. <laughs> After the new keepers have been decided, Leftrin starts in with a, Hey, Murkor, but it's... Oh, it's time to leave. And all the dragons immediately turn around as he starts to talk to them. And then they uh, turn around as one and strut away flexing. In Burb Mail, <laughs> Dotozi's family sends Eric a formal invitation to visit with some side mail from Dotozi expressing some serious parent embarrassment. There are also some bills <laughs> for Bingtown Trader Kerwin, who I believe was in the Live Ship Trader books, maybe. Or at least his name was there a few times. Uh, but he's racked up some serious debt with a Rainwild trader named Elspin. And I'm wondering if maybe this is like uh, them trying to get some money out of Bingtown from all of these failed invoices. They're like now invoicing individual traders. Oh. <laughs> well, hey, at least Eric got got that letter, finally. Yeah, yeah he didn't get the letter he was wanting. It because he was hoping to toast, he'd be like, oh, yeah, come on up, friend. And instead, she's like, oh, shit, my parents found out. <laughs> Have fun. You're going to meet my whole family. They're courting you for Here's me. Here's a list of things you need to know. Mother always overdrinks her wine. Dad's only slightly racist. <laughs> but that's why it took so long, because she somehow yeah. family found out, and they had to yep. do, like, a formal... Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, yeah all the little bits are really cute too it's like yeah the 
the parents definitely think that there's something between us and please ignore that when they bring it <laughs> bring it up that you're just here for me <laughs> also my dad has an invention and it's really bad but don't tell him that. <laughs> just nod and smile and we'll all get through it <laughs> please don't ask any questions that will only prolong things <laughs> In fact, if you show up not speaking the uh, language that any of us can understand, that would be perfect. <laughs> so, Carson, briefly uh, feeling the panic of knowing that poor Cedric, who can't take care of himself, will outlive him, finds a way. Life. <laughs> <laughs> Very convenient. Thanks, Spit. I mean, it's not that inconvenient because now his dragon is spit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, I mean, at least Which... like the most put together keeper is with the least put together dragon. Yeah, with the shambliest yeah. dragon. <laughs> Maybe Carson Maybe will he'll rub teach off on spit him. how to be a heartthrob. Exactly. Like, this. <laughs> teach you how to woo whatever dragon you want. Like, teach gentle. you how to. With gentle claws. <laughs> yeah. it, it, well, that and then Carson gets the swirly eyes. <laughs> the swirly eyes Cedric. <laughs> I feel like Cedric would be into that. Cedric would be like, oh, your, sw- your swirly eyes. Love them. So my thing is, okay, Cedric clearly has no problem with, I mean, sorry. Wait, who am I talking about? Cedric and Carson. Carson has no issue with Cedric's scales, and he even's like, "Ooh, they're so sexy! I love your scales." Yeah, he thinks they're sexy. Yeah, but now he's going to get scaled up because he's Spitz Helper. Do we think that Cedric is also going to think the scales are sexy, or is he going to be totally grossed out by scales? He can't be grossed out by something. He already has scales. Face. He's already. Yeah, but he has like the like skin toned scales. He doesn't have like the crazy scales. Well, they're just going to be silver, probably. I don't feel like Spit is like evolved enough to do anything but make spikes. Dayglow orange spikes, just all the way. (laughs) He's got like (laughs) a like flame paint job on his body now. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's. Huge spoiler. <laughs> yeah, I'm Just really off the book. I'm really sorry, but I have a that while it's popping in in my head is like that old Kenny Chesney song. Um, but I'm putting scales. She thinks my scales are sexy. They <laughs> really turns her around. I'm here for it. What is the, what is the actual words for the song? She tractor. Thinks tractor. Yeah. tractor. Yeah. Okay. She that is not what I would have picked. <laughs> well, I'm glad that now all of the uh, the the orphaned dragons have keepers. It's yep. good. We've it only took two books to sort that out, <laughs> and we've solved and we've solved the problem of um, Cedric becoming an elderling with no elderling companion. Like, oh, okay, problem solved. Carson's going to be a great elderling. He's so wise mm-hmm. already. He he's going to crush it for sure. He's going to, yeah, he's going to, it's going to be great. Uh, I also, 
my favorite is Lefteren being like, I'm going to fucking harpoon you. <laughs> being like, where's your fucking harpoon? Right? Please, shit. We've been on this goddamn river for months and we've never seen you harpoon anything. It's like Moby Dick. Been been saving that harpoon for today. Like, all right, Ahab. (laughs) Moby Dick claps back. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't even think you got a fork, but come at me. I'll spoon you to death. Just (laughs) why a spoon, cousin? But he'll just—he's like, I'll whittle a harpoon. You just wait. (laughs) I hope he's better than the kids are at paddles. Be very blunt. But I mean, yeah, they're threatening—they're threatening Tarman, and obviously that all of that venom can't hurt him. So we don't like that. Yeah, and he moved out of the way when it was like floating in the water. He's like, ooh, no, don't touch me. I thought Kala was all like, oh, Sisteria was my companion. And now he's like, well, let me just destroy this boat that's part of him. <laughs> right? They get raged. It's like the, it's they, it's like that rage yeah. out, like, blackout. Like, they don't know what they're doing. It's that guy in the gym who just screams when he's <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was interesting that we learned um, that... Like Centaur was surprised that he stopped once he puffed himself up to spray because it's painful to stop once you get ready to spray. Yeah, I got blue balls. It's like it's like stopping in the middle of pee. Well, maybe he thought if he he was like it wouldn't actually work. Like he was gonna about to embarrass himself. Like I I think it <laughs> implies that like if they puff themselves up, like just assume they're gonna spray you because like. Right. It's hard for them to even stop. Because it's hard. Yeah. There's something. This means that he has self control, unlike Spit, who's just like, Arr. He spits. Yeah, you exactly. Know. It's just his name. I'm wondering, you remember <laughs> how when they were serpents and they could communicate with each other with the with the the venom, it wasn't just it wasn't just Bad. like pain. It was like, oh, here, like yeah, like she. Everybody had different kinds. Like, yeah. yeah, and she like literally was, gave them memories. Memory. Yeah, yeah, and didn't Malkin do that a few times too? Where he was like, yeah, put, or he like had the trance venom where it would be like put them all into the dream, and then he could right. Like, yeah, they had the fish yeah, they had the, venom, into the, they had the, the toxins. The like, yeah. it was just like bathe me in my toxins, and I was melt like, your face spray. Right, so now it's just dragon fire. But I wonder, like, I wonder if they can still communicate with like, like if they do that, will Tarman? absorb it and then like get memories or instructions or communications <laughs> it'd be cool it just sucks well, that we can't do it back you know like he was well uh, there was something in my chapter and i remember like f- this sentence floating past me when i was like skimming to do the summary and then i just let it go but it was um a some, when the dragons were talking about him being a live ship and therefore part dragon, um, either Malkin or Kahlo said there's more ways to communicate, um, you know, like taste the water, there's more ways to communicate, which kind of implies that there something that Tarman was doing, like they could Well, yeah, and the boats, the boats in the live ship books did that. Remember, yeah. like the serpents would like come up to them and they yeah. would kind of talk to each other in a, in a weird didn't, way. Yeah. Didn't Malkin... Uh, or sorry, Murkor, go up and touch Tarman at He some did, point. and then there was another, one of the other ones, I think it might have been Spit, before Spit had a name, 
would like snuggle with Tarman mm-hmm, when they mm-hmm. were when he was sleeping. Yeah. So yeah, there's I think there's ways for Tarman to make his, you know, to make himself heard. But it, it's a little weird to think that like that all these toxins can like hit the water and then hit the ship and. You know, he's got literally got to walk away from that. <laughs> like he's just kind of. <laughs> It was kind of comical when Tarman moved out of the way of the the venom, like like he picked up his skirts and like scuttled to the side. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like a mouse. Yeah, I just love it though because he's like, there's no one to see him, so he can be his true self. He doesn't have to like pretend to be a boat because he's not a boat. Yeah, it's so funny. He's <laughs> even dragging the anchor around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> Everything is a facade. <laughs> yeah, he's just a dragon without like a head. He's just a boat shaped dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Is that everything for that chapter? I mean, there was, they're going there was up the lot. new. They're going. Yeah, I mean, like, what do we think about the? We're getting deeper and deeper into this new biome. I don't know. They've got monkeys cool. now. They got eating meat. Oh, I love it when they're like, yeah, I'm going to eat a monkey. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> they're hard to catch, oh. man. Oh, my God. I would feel really bad about eating a monkey. Yeah, that same. seems that seems like I'm crossing the line. You know? Not for a dragon. Yeah, I'm not going to eat more like us. I don't want to eat anything with thumbs. I'm just going to put it out there. Dragons or... ain't care. No, no raccoons. No. Oh, who wants to eat a fucking raccoon? Well, they have thumbs. I know, but more importantly, nobody wants <laughs> to eat them. So, chapter 18 uh, is called Gone Astray, and we do have some content warnings for graphic scenes of miscarriage and death. So, if you do not want On to. On the plus side, I don't think we've had this chapter title before, so. Congratulations yeah. Well, <laughs> way to branch out there, Robin. So this chapter starts with Thymara feeling a bit useless aboard the Tarman because they have reached yet another biome. The river and trees have receded behind them, and now it's just flat, marshy expanse. All they do is watch dragons eat galators, which is 100% a kid word for alligator, and repair <laughs> nets that are continually damaged from fishing in this horrible marsh for novelty. Thymara has been grooming Centara to break up her day, and Centara insists that she be very thorough, even if they're half-submerged in a marsh, which sounds great. Sounds like a lot of fun. Centara is extremely proud of her growing wings and wants Thymara to praise them constantly, but in addition to the monotony of marsh travel and serving a narcissistic dragon, Thymara is very depressed and focused on her own discomfort, and I relate. The area between her shoulder blade is swollen, scabby, hot, painful. She's hiding it from the others, but it weighs on her. And she's even sort of glad that Tats is just totally ignoring her now because hiding her injury from him would be really difficult. So not for the last time, Thymara misses Rapscal. Quote, he had been her friend without any obligations or expectations. Which, memo to Tats, is the point of a friend. (laughs) Tats doesn't want to be her friend. (laughs) No, he does not. 
Daimara isn't the only one feeling bored and stifled. She overhears or just kind of looks over because this is a small barge. Tats and Harrikin confront Greft over the use of his boat. Um, see, Greft's not feeling well enough to hunt and Tats and Harrikin want to use his boat. No, he says. Just saying, that's what's going to happen, says Tats in a non-confrontational confrontation. So then Thymara feels sorry for Greft, who is losing the use of his body, and Thymara probably doesn't even fully comprehend how much she relates to that. She tells Greft that she's sorry, and he calls her a useless, stupid whore, proving <laughs> Greft's got a Greft. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck you, Greft, you useless, stupid human, waste of space, says Sintara. <laughs> She's like, see how useless these people are? Hang out with me and be a dragon. The next morning, Lefteren is thinking heavy captain thoughts. Where is this marsh even going? All our food is running out. Everyone's clothing is rotting off, except for Elisa's sexy elderling robe. And isn't that just shit to have to see everybody's ass but hers? <laughs> so Elise, Elise sidles up to the captain with some quote-unquote tea, which is not tea. It's like grass. And they share a little moment. I love you, says Leftrin. I love you too, Elise responds easily. They're just doing really great. So... Leftrin decides to go check on Greff's boat situation and finds that the boat is gone already. Well, that's great. We won't have to break up a fight. And uh, he thinks that until he sees Tats walk up going, where's the boat? <laughs> that's right. Greff has taken all his shit and skedaddled, abandoning everyone, including Jurd and her child, who Greff had claimed. So he's a douche. Seeing opportunity and tragedy, Carson and Cedric volunteer to go after him so they can have some kind of date. <laughs> the dragons are on escort duty and cedric spends some quality time thinking about how different carson is from his ex he who shall not be named and how much he himself has changed if he finds himself comfortable with a man like carson he also spends an inordinate amount of time admiring carson's rowing muscles shout out to fitz's rowing days <laughs> damn shoulders <laughs> The prospect of having to wrestle Graft and his supplies back to Tarman isn't on the top of Cedric's activity list, but he is sincerely happy to be with Carson, and that is suddenly enough. I love your smile, he says to Carson, who responds by carefully stowing his paddles, moving closer, grabbing him by the back of his neck, and giving him a big old kiss. Quote, I've never done this in a boat before. Might be tricky. <laughs> Tricky is good, says Cedric. Fade to black. Hob, you're really getting the hang of this. <laughs> so now to the horrible stuff. Jurd comes to Thymara and tells her that something's wrong. She's bleeding. So Thymara becomes preoccupied with making sure that no blood seeps into Tarman's deck, but realizes that they're going to need Belen's help. Jurd is reluctant because Balin doesn't seem to like Jurd, but Thymara has no idea what to do, so off they go. So in the end, Balin, Skelly, Sylvie, and Thymara attend Jurd in what uh, becomes a detailed, difficult, and harshly presented scene of a miscarriage. Balin has dealt with her own miscarriages and has a lot of feelings about the situation, which is obviously affecting her, while Thymara and Sylvie are confronted with the consequences of all this quote-unquote free sex. It's not fair. It's never fair, girl. So all you can do in this hard and unfair world is make sure you're giving yourself and your baby the best shot you can have at a life. Get a true partner, one with guts, or don't get a child. It's that simple. 
Bellin gives the hard facts of life to these girls in a world without access to birth control. And I really think the tar man should just donate some of that ballast. And afterwards, <laughs> Thymara, Skelly, and Sylvie take the child to the rail and feed it to Varys. Sylvie notes that the stillborn child has fins and no legs and probably wouldn't have lived anyway, anyways, which is really no comfort. So that's life as a girl in the rainwilds. Let's go back to Cedric and Carson. They're having fun. What's this? Oh, a Galador attack? Fuck! My favorite ship about to capsize? Now, Hob, are you going to make me read about Cedric and his hot boyfriend being killed and eaten by dumb shit alligators? No? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Saw. Spit shows up and plays with his food a bit before he eats it. So, again, cats. Uh, and he, he's got some gator soup. Which, by the way, my cat loves uh, cat soup. They make these soups for cats now. They so. do? I didn't know about oh, yes. cat soup. She's... She's obsessed because now she refuses to eat any food unless she gets a little soup. So. <laughs> I feel like Moira would love cat soup. Yeah. I'm writing that down on the to-do list. Cat soup. Yeah, they make bisques, soups, broths. <laughs> Who's making a fucking bisque for a cat? That, that really <laughs> makes sense because when I get wet cat food for Ash... Uh, she just licks it first, and she'll eat the like whatever's left over afterwards. But she wants the she wants the moisture first. Yeah, she wants the soup, little soup, gator soup. Yeah. Mo is addicted to tuna juice, so <laughs> I created. A when monster. I had to take care of my mom's like ailing cat because she was out of the country, and I was like, oh my god, this fucking cat, her fucking familiar cannot die until she gets home. I remember when that happened. You were like, I'm going to keep this cat alive. <laughs> yes. this fucking cat alive. Like, I don't even want to talk about all the janky shit I had to do, but the only thing he would eat was, like, some of these little, like, purees, but they were, you know, they're all, like, for elderly cats, and so it's, like, they're, they're pre-mixed, you know, purees, and he would kind of, like, sadly, like, lap at it, and, like, eh. Aw, Bob. I guess I'll lick, lick up enough to not die today. It was awful. You're like, you're going to fucking lick up that soup. You <laughs> hate it. Yeah. And uh, like, here, have some subcutaneous water since you can't fucking drink. <laughs> you're not Aww. dying on my watch, asshole. <laughs> so again, just picture Spit playing with this food. He's got some gator soup while our two beautiful heroes are making out. But it's not over because, oh, look, there's Gref's boat. And now that Spit has eaten all those gators, we can see that Gref died here like old Edgar did up on the power lines waiting for that first Graboid to leave him be. He's dead in the boat, poisoned by gator venom, clutching. Wait, Gref isn't dead. He's alive. He's moving. He turns his face to the men, his swollen face, and he says, Stone from Maroon cell going out in McNown, Rich. And I assume. <laughs> Beautifully done. Thank you. And I assume this isn't a slip into a Six Duchies accent. But I am curious. <laughs> I, am, I am curious about how it went in the audiobook. I had so. no idea what he said. I listened to it four times, had no idea. And then later they kind of recapped it. And I was like, thank okay. God. Because <laughs> I couldn't tell at all. So I actually, when it says made no one rich, I thought he was talking. What's the name of the 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 guy who was trying to sell parts to Chalcid? Who's the Chalcid Jess, guy? Jess. Shin Sinead. Sinead. Oh, Sinead yeah. uh, uh, but what's his last name? O'Connor. O'Connor, of course. <laughs> Alcoin or something. He hates the Pope. 
But isn't it something rich, like on rich or? I think so. Yeah. yeah like so I thought he was talking about like him, and I was like, "What? <laughs> that would be interesting if that's what he was saying." But it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I had Erich. There we go. Yeah, that's what okay. I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> so Greft finally dies, having tried to drink the dragon blood from Cedric's room to cure his changes, but instead he's killed by the poison from the gators. Quote, horrible, says Cedric, and I agree. So they recover what Greff stole from Tarman, tip Greff into the river, and head back. Cedric admits to Carson that it was he who had a plan to steal dragon parts and sell them all along. Uh, what he accused Leftern of doing was actually his plan, but he never had a partner, just bad ideas. He assures Carson uh, and expects Carson to be disgusted, but Carson, who is perfect, merely smiles at Cedric and says, quote, you can't really begin something until you've finished with the old Cedric. And finally, Cedric may be out of confessions. So now it is time for bird mail. From Eric to Detozi, with a message from Beantown to the Rainwilds as to the... I didn't write Beantown. I don't know who did that to me. <laughs> with a message from Beantown to the Rainwilds as to the fate of the Tarman expedition, especially Cedric and Elise. The note is, Eric is coming to the rain wilds. When do you want me to show up and how long can I stay? Up to you, but I'm already back. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> so I thought it was kind of weird how we had like this dichotomy of sort of like Jurd's future kind of like, I mean, she doesn't die, which is, you know, great, but her relationship with Greft ends and this, her mother, you know, her chance at motherhood at this point ends. And then we have uh, it, that contrasted with kind of like the beginning of, of Carson and Cedric becoming like a real unit. Mm -hmm. And Greft dying. And, and Greft doing his kind of horrible, that, that was like really, it was, I was, it was, it was tough Ooh. to read. I was like, God, this is fucking awful. Yeah, you know that story from Lord of the Rings where the Grima has to, like, stab someone and they're like, and then he stabs you in the back and you die and you make a gurgling noise. And, uh, uh, what's his name? Not, not Alan Lee. Christopher Lee. What's his name? Chris Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee's like, that's not the sound a man makes when you stab him in the back. And everyone's like, like what? why do you know that? Because well, he was, he, he was in the war and he, he did some shit. Um, it makes me feel like Robin Hobb has seen some shit. That's all. She's got, <laughs> she's got her details. It's just there. Robin Hobb takes off her mask and it's Christopher Lee underneath. <laughs> it's Christopher Lee. <laughs> I feel, I guess like in that moment, I felt really badly for Gref just because of like his sheer desperation that we saw. Yeah. You know, like. Like that's a sad a end. terrible way Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of who you are. Although if it was Kenneth, I would be like... <laughs> oh, Kenneth had a comment. That dude. He's like a next level yeah. piece of shit. It's like she was like, you know what I could have done to Kenneth? This. I'll write that Instead, down. Instead, Kenneth got to like, be like, you know, relayed over to his boat. He deserved a Galador death. Galador? I know. I what hate it. I hate what it. What is it's that? Awful. It's just an alligator. It's, it's just it's an alligator. But they're poisonous. This is not a Jeppa. They're poisonous too. Oh, that's true. An alligator. All right, so they're now like, you have two. They're yeah. slimy. They're they not all, like the hard-skinned like we know. Yeah. Uh, 
I think it was a couple chapters back, but they um, had what appeared to be flamingos that were blue. But they were blue. Yeah. But they were blue. Blue flamingos. <laughs> yeah. They yeah, that was my chapter. Blue shrimp. <laughs> blue crabs. They eat blue crabs. They turn blue. Well, it's, yeah, I guess, so now we have, so we have blue, we have whatever those bluebirds are called. We have galators and we have jeppas. They're called everything blumingos. Blumingo, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It this was a tough, this was a tough chapter, and I kind of I glossed over what I, what I could, but yeah. I so think that Bellin should teach the boys a sex ed. Class. Yeah, right. Yes, like, that was to go off. That was my yeah. thought reading this whole thing. Like, this, there's this whole thing about how the girls have to learn these lessons, and girls, you need to see that. I'm sorry. And then the boy, and then when they, when the girls are putting the fucking dead baby overboard, and all the boys just mysteriously like vanish. Bullshit. Get them out there. Make them fucking look at it. Make them see like yeah. what the consequences are. This isn't a fucking joke. Like, yeah. this is what happens. I know. Like, and like, yeah. Sparge was that the was only so one mad. who was there, and he like kind of bowed his head and. Because he's actually had to experience that and yeah. their efforts to try to make a kid that was wanted, you know, but. Right. Yeah. But, like, don't and that's why Bellin, girls. that's why Bellin <gasps> felt, like, so kind of antagonistic towards Jerd because she's like, mm-hmm. see, this girl got pregnant without even trying. Yeah. And I've been trying for so long. And, I mean, like, you understand that jealousy. But she still, when Jerd needed help, helped her. Right. Like. Yeah. Because she's a good she person. She wasn't, like. Elena, I totally agree with you. Like, why is it so one-sided? Why is all of the burden put on the female? Like, yeah, why was garbage. it women's work? Yeah, For yeah. Sure. Well, because like the older Rainwild's men obviously like understand this and get this and support it. Like they like. So why is there? Was it just that everyone assumed these boys would never be allowed to, so they weren't taught? You know. Or I don't like I don't know. I'm oh, man, sexism. I, I mean, like they I were said, just, just told like... no, and then when they were sent on this expedition, <laughs> nobody gave a fuck about any of them. And quite frankly, they probably thought they were all going to die way before this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True, but I'm, I'm I'm just thinking like in, in terms of the narrative structure. Like I think Hobbs making a point, you know, that this is mm-hmm. basically what our culture does. Yeah, you know. And, and what it totally allows, true. absolutely. So, yeah. but it was just it was enraging to me to read, and I was just like no <laughs> like get those fuck if like if all of the, if all of the women on this boat have or you know whatever bellin like all of the women the one adult woman on this boat has this kind of like feelings about it well she's probably got the power and she's probably got leftron's ear like she could make a serious point like he could tell the keepers to get their fucking asses up there and watch and listen to a lecture and see what the consequences are like this could have been handled so differently and so like the fact that they didn't like the adults in the situation didn't choose to handle it differently is also them perpetuating the power structure or the you know the culture that has allowed it to get to this point to begin with yeah so that's also what made me angry you know yeah also the fact that the the baby was so changed tells mm-hmm. me that it was probably graf's child mm-hmm. just because that's true yeah mm-hmm. he was I really think about that because they've yeah. implied that that kind of like that kind of like the the status the situation that you yourself are in can impact the viability of the fetus. So it definitely and it probably suggests that it, it at the very least wasn't taxes because the whole point of like the rain wilds always trying to right. bring in like br- being mm-hmm. town like fully human people is like we need is because it viable mates yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah 
Well, and that's true. And that also is like, it's kind of weird too, because like a lot of these boys on board, they don't know if that's their kid, but they're not there to pay their respects at least not let alone like support Jared. Like it's pretty shitty. It's pretty shitty shitty. that they used her body that way and then just fucked right off. Like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I hate them all. (laughs) Yeah. Basically. (laughs) Except the one who's part, who's who's buddied up with Davey because obviously he had nothing to do with it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) But yeah, I think that, I think also to your point is that, you know, um, Swarge and Leftrin are, they're real men because they've both told their partners, like, if you get pregnant, I support you. I'm there. Mm -hmm. It's my child. I feel it, you know, and that's, I mean, it's that they're not children, right? Right. All these other kids can fuck right off. I mean, technically, Tat said he would be there, but that's. But then, like, where was he? The same. Where was he? Did he say that to Jerd? Where was true. he? Yeah. And and also, like when when he was, I don't know. Have we got to the? <laughs> have we got to the other chapter where he's like giving his speech about it? Because like it's it's a it's a fucking childish childish speech when he gives it. It's like you have no actual concept of what it is to raise a child. Yeah. Do you? Which I mean, no, I get yeah. how many he was. He wasn't he was not part he of was a like family. An orphan. Yeah, like, yeah, like he wasn't around it. So in it's a like way, how hard I... can it be? You just throw them in the street and then they raise themselves, yeah. right? Like... Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I really, I'm, I'm really, really, really happy that Cedric has finally fully unburdened himself, and he has told yes. Carson. Who will definitely like, prob- you know, he's like, he tells Leftern things. He's like a respected person. Like, I'm the fucktard that went around with the, that trying to steal the dragon parts. And it, that was actually my, that was actually my plan. The thing that I was accusing you guys of doing. That was me. That was all me. And like, <laughs> he was definitely disappointed when he heard that information. Cause, oh yeah. But sure. he, he's like, I take this information and I, I forgive you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Carson's, Carson did that wonderful, like, I'm not mad. I'm just I'm disappointed. Just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> You're too beautiful for me to stay mad at you forever. <laughs> just move on. Well, technically, it was all before he knew Carson. <laughs> I mean, Cedric was definitely lost for yeah. a large majority of that first For book. sure. Yeah. So... Yeah. And and the thing about it is is like Ralpta like knows. Like she's just mm-hmm. like eh, it's fine. Yeah. I forgive you. She's like, eh, I got mine anyway in the end, so it's all good. Yeah. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Worked out. Well, we haven't gotten um, into this with with, but I don't know if if there's you know a connection between like the the dragon kind of knowing their human or their elderling's heart. But like the reality is, Cedric is not a horrible person. He right has been he has been very passive in a lot of things, in a lot of ways that he maybe he hasn't even realized, and he has allowed. And he allowed a not great person to do a lot of shaping on him, but now he's also like kind of coming back into his own and realizing, wait, I get to choose things for myself and I get to, you know, decide what my values are and what. Right. He can be assertive. He doesn't have to just. Yeah, because you're right. His passivity is what got him into so many problems because he 
he didn't steer. No. The Carson's not threatened by him if he wants to steer for a while. It's just they're just so cute making out in the boat. Boat sex. God, up in the ante. Now I gotta go find a canoe and a boy or a girl that'll do it with me in a boat. (laughs) Tricky. Tricky is good. That's what he said. Um are we good to move on? I know I'm pushing us, but we got two we, more we, chapters to yeah, go. We have... <laughs> oh, let's mud and wings. Or as I like to call it, the two ninety nine Applebee's special. <laughs> oh, should it's I your stop? neighborhood bar and grill. What? No, you're good. Keep going. I'll keep going. Applebee's. It's the na- it's your yep, neighborhood bar it's your and neighborhood grill. Bar and grill. It is served in a basket and the mud does seep out, so you have to yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm all messed up. Okay. I have to change my whole... Okay. Uh, it's about 10 a.m. and Tarman is calling it a day. He folds his froggy legs and settles in the mud, letting out the kind of sigh that only a tired old pug makes. <laughs> Leftrin, for the fifth time that day, is like, well, this isn't Kelsingra. And Tarman slips a little farther <laughs> into that dimension you go into when you dissociate. Everyone's either depressed or dead. It's not a great meal or a great deal. <laughs> when Carson had come back to tell them the news about Graft, Leftrin had looked back and forth between Carson and Cedric thinking, wow, they banged in that boat and then they broke up. Which is only <laughs> partly true, but it's still more gay intuition than Elise will ever have. <laughs> a hawk cries in the distance <laughs> a hawk cries in the distance and flies away the dragons look up and say hey fuck you meanwhile Thymara and Sylvie have quote borrowed Elise's room for an hour and of course Elise assumes Thymara wants a bath alone with her extremely good friend so they can wash each other's hair and get confused about their hearts, why their hearts are beating so fast that so they'll just laugh it off and fall asleep cuddling and wonder why boys don't make them feel that way. <laughs> no. Would really solve a lot of problems. Yeah. yeah. Imagine if this wasn't a Robin Hobb book and was gay real life, but instead they're looking at a horrific growth on Thymara's back. <laughs> there's oozing and there's ridges and there's scaling and Sylvie's like, you need to tell someone and get some hydrogen peroxide and or a back amputation. <laughs> And Thymara says no. To give her a day, she has to talk to her idiot dragon about it. And Cedric walks up to Elise and reads her his most professional work email. Quote, I have to talk to you. Do you have time for me? Elise is in the middle of sketching some extremely beautiful dead ducks, Cedric. So excuse you, but it's here that Cedric tells Elise everything about the dragon blood and the scales and that guy from Chalced who is going to buy it all and let he and Hess live happily ever after. Really, Cedric? Now, says Elise, in front of my dead birds. (laughs) Yes, now, because Cedric needs to start anew and that means their friendship. So together they toss Hess's portrait in the air, kick it into the fire, and replace his image in the locket with Relpta's old smelly scale. Elise snaps the locket shut. Always. They burn Hess's gnarly lock of hair, too. 
who guards the guard hairs. <laughs> and they cry and they hug and oh, they're going to be okay. Thymara has a bone to pick with Sintara and it's the one protruding from her back. Thymara. <laughs> Thymara fucks up Sintara's fishing on purpose to confront her and Sintara says, oh, that's my art school thesis and it's not done. Can you move them? Thymara is thoroughly freaked out. She's gonna yarf and starts screaming, Why did you do this to me? At Centara, who is like, I didn't do this to you. You're the one who wanted to fly so bad. And Thymara is like, I'll be able to fly? Centara says, Well, no, they're way too small, but at least they'll match you's mine. Thymara says, Well, great. They'll be pretty and useless, just like yours, stupid. Centara is furious. The poison sacks are coming out. Thymara doesn't even give a dick and shouts, Say it! Don't spray it! <laughs> Murkor trots over to agree, as is his role in the story. Centaur's wings are unfolded. Thymara's weird little wet parasol wings are out and unfolded. And Thymara yells, Go ahead and kill me, you stupid lizard! And Centara backwings her three chapters into the past. <laughs> Mercor's about to fight Centara. Centara's about to smack Thymara again back into the Tawny Man trilogy. When overhead they hear a hawk scream over and over. That hawk? That's the same hawk who shows up at noon every day to laugh at them. But no, wait, that's no bird. That's a hundred percent beef flying through the sky. It's the himbo team of the century, Hebe and Rapscale, and they're going to lead everyone to Kalsingra. The bird male. Eric apologizes for his entire family because they've already sent out the save the dates for their wedding before they've even met. And he's like, give me a chance to explain before you reject me to Tozy. <laughs> Why are they telling their parents about this male? What is wrong with them? Unwise. Uh, right? Mothers can be snoopy Keep creatures. Who knows? They're reading their mail. Reading their mail. <laughs> Well, you know, it is professional correspondence, and so it's like, oh, well, you know, I learned this really interesting thing. Uh, well, who'd you learn that from? Oh, Detozi, that ra the Rainwilds girl keeper, bird keeper. And they're like, oh, really? She's a trainer family, and, and, and she's female? You're sure, you're sure she likes female. birds as much as you? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a she's a bird bread, too? Like, this is a <laughs> she bird? She's a bird? Burp. <laughs> Not another one of your bird girlfriends that you've dressed up. It's just a pigeon he's dressed up. <laughs> bird whores. So what do you guys want to talk about first? The return of Rapscal and Hebe? Or Let's start heroic return. Very beginning. Oh, if you want to go to the beginning. Okay. Yeah, why not? Let's right. be crazy. We always go from the end to the middle. <laughs> we'll we'll do it in order. Roll. Um, okay, so we're talking about uh, Thymara's wings, then. Are we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they look like... With Sylvie and Thymara in Elise's room? Okay, I'll take it. Yeah. You want to talk about Tarman sitting there in the room? No. <laughs> we're talking yes. about mud and wings. <laughs> <Do you> <laughs> 
I love when Thamara like begs her to be like, just one more day. I just need a day. Just give me a day. I just need one day. Like <laughs> she's going to get whipped if she, <laughs> if anybody's told like, come on. I did appreciate that Sylvie was like, okay, I'll give you a day. Yeah. Like where she, she was like, cause Sylvie's not going to like, just let this shit go indefinitely. She's like, okay, that's fucked up. That needs help. Um, I, as your friend, I am now responsible for this knowledge. And if you don't take action, I'm going to have to. So here's your deadline. Like, I really appreciated that, Sylvie. That was very mature. <laughs> yes. Deadlines are good. If you leave things undefined, then people will just milk it forever. Mm-hmm. But like a whole, a whole wing just grew out of her back. Well, I, it's disgusting because, okay, so they talk about the hump. Like- and then they talk about the yeah. slits, and she's like, there's something in there, and they look like fingers. And it's like, oh, like God. Fingers. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not okay. Nothing's, nothing that's – everything starts horrible and then gets beautiful, right? That's, that's yeah. the promise. Yeah. Well, I mean, no wonder her back's been hurting. Like, goddamn. Yeah. Yeah, well – but now, now it's like, okay, I've given you two useless wings. Great, thanks. Mm, yeah, now I'll be hindered climbing trees. And, they're just vanity you know, wings, more, and they're just you know. She's just doing a. She's just doing like a gargoyles cosplay. She just like wiggles them at the boys to be like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" And now I can't ever do it, missionary. Thanks, Centara. I <laughs> can't lay on my back ever again. My I mean, if we've love. learned anything from the court of those i was gonna say i've read enough of those books (laughs) i know what kind of chairs she needs to sit in they can do it in all sorts of positions she won't be hindered they can they do not i'm not saying she won't be hindered but sometimes it's nice to be able to just like lay back and let him do all the work that's what i'm saying well fold them flat against her back yeah might still hurt to lay on them though maybe it's like laying on your arm though and they go numb you know and then So we have the horror element, right? Like there, there's always this kind of like element of body horror. Hob does it really well. We have this nice, bright, like, it, you know, it's like a daytime horror movie, right? Because they're in the marsh. The sun is out. It's not a particularly scary environment. But then we have Thymara and her body. That, and, and we've just seen Greth die. Mm-hmm. It's very disturbing to see, you know, she's got this crap growing on her and her dragon's not taking it seriously, uh, and it hurts a lot. So, and it also sucks. Like, if I thought I was disfigured or I had something wrong with me or like whatever, I would immediately want to go to like a full length mirror and look and see like how bad is it. I do. Right. I do better when I see really horrible things than if it's like left to my own devices and my brain. But they don't even have fucking mirrors. Like, she has no idea what it looks mm-hmm. like. Yeah. I'd go to Elise and be like, can you sketch this? <laughs> <laughs> A lovely pastel. So show me what it's like. Yeah. Um, she... I hope she makes Centara praise them a lot. Yes. <laughs> praise them. How beautiful the are beautiful, they? beautiful, most glorious, tiny wings on a human. Tell me about the colors. Are they blue? What kind of blue? <laughs> to, to Centaurus' credit, she is doing what Mercor told her she had to do. She's taking charge. She's just not communicating with. She's like, <laughs> you gave her vanity wings. Like, why can't she go for something better than that? Like, oh yeah, I got just got just because then it would be better than hers. True. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. stuck on the fucking ground. So, 
It would be great if Tamara flew before Right? Oh, man. She'd kill her instantly. (laughs) What? Exactly what does... what does Centara know about human anatomy? Because like I now I'm thinking, is this like getting in the way of her of her lungs? What's it doing to her ribs? Her There's a lot blades. of stuff going on. Oh, definitely. She's blades. like, you don't need this to serve me. You don't need this. Robin Hobb's Google <laughs> history is scoliosis? Question mark. Scoliosis. <laughs> well, because have you ever seen like you know like they're like okay if like uh, if a human being had wings and could fly with them here's what the the muscles on the back would have to look like in the size of the wings and it's grotesque like you'd have to have huge huge muscles on the backs of she's going to have swimmer's okay. body for sure <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> well um so so that's happening great thanks thanks for that and then also uh Cedric has these are my confessions part 3 Oh well, yeah, but we knew that was fine, and 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 she wrapped that up, right? We yeah. didn't have to. It wasn't a long drawn yeah, out thing. Yeah, which we didn't have to sit. Through. I appreciate. Yeah, I feel like that least... was like, oh right, he's also wrong to this person. Let me just. Yeah, I feel like at least sitting yeah, there listening they to it stuff. was just like, oh, you poor thing. Like you had such fantasies about Hest, <laughs> and like I know I I know Hest well enough to know how that was going to go for you had it come true. Like, yeah. Well, and I think also Elise prefers her life now to, oh, to yeah. what it was back there. So it's it's really no hardship for her to say, really, like no hard feelings. Yeah, Can you okay. just like, like you did me, did me a solid. <laughs> yeah. If I was Elise and Cedric Thanks. came to me and was like, "So I have this other thing," I'd be like, "Jeez, like <laughs> you have something else that you're trying to confess to me." Good lord. <laughs> Again. Be like, you know what? This is the last one. So, no, like, like say what you're going to say. And I have, I have three count. minutes. Done. <laughs> I'm drawing a duck. Um, yeah, and, and, and of course, the return of Hebe Yay! and Rascal. Yay! We were right. Yeah. They and Fist they can up. motherfucking Boom. fly. Came flying. They flew away. Yep. I'm glad for them. I'm glad they made it. I'm glad that Tamara has a genuine friend back in the mm-hmm. mix instead of all these fucking losers. I was I was gonna say somebody to punch Tats in the face together. I hope that happens. Yeah, he just gets I'm... off Hebe, walks up to Tats, punches him in the face. Right? Or Done. just like walks up to Tamara and like kiss, like kisses her. I don't know. Like, no, I, mean... I think a hug that feels more rapscal. Yeah. Well, I mean, the hug might hurt with the wings right now. High five? It's she just they do the European kiss kiss, you know, like a Uh the kiss kiss. There you go. Yeah. I mean I know I know their dynamic was like still just friends, but I also remember Thymara thinking he was really pretty and he was definitely like I mean Oh he's a himbo supreme, yeah. Oh yeah. Like she totally is in love with him and that will come to fruition and better in these next two. I can't wait for it because (laughs) yeah. 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 I look forward to that. Um I also feel like he would wait. Yeah, hot simple boyfriend. <laughs> is he simple though, or is he just like? Well, I mean, like, I mean, uncomplicated. Sorry, that was a miscommunication. But I meant uncomplicated, yeah. non non egotistical. He's just a yes. himbo. He's very he's like, positive. What you see is what I believe get. in that he chooses yeah. happiness. That's very important. Like mm-hmm. he's got a lot of yeah. amazing qualities. And his yeah. dragon was the fucking he's got underdog. A flight school, Sagan. 
And she can fly. Mm-hmm. They were the first to fly. Yeah. Right? Suck it, you losers. <laughs> <laughs> How's life in the marsh? Yeah, I can't wait to talk more about him in the next chapter. But we'll, we can put that on hold. <laughs> Jenny, were you going to say something? No. Oh, okay. Negative. Negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? And then the fight between Elise and Thamara. Or not Elise and Thamara. Centaur and Thamara. <laughs> yes. The rumble. <laughs> the showdown. In this corner, we have a big blue egotistical dragon. In that corner, a little tiny human who's growing some really ugly wings. I feel like, from what I know about dragons, the more she sticks up for herself, the more Centaura will respect her. Yeah. For sure. And, and that's kind of been like laid out in some of their dynamics and some of the things Centaura has said. Like, a queen shouldn't, you know, do this or shouldn't be worried about that or, you know... Like even right. some of the stuff that happened in earlier chapters in this section where she's like, I kind of like the fact that she's just like glaring at me. She's not afraid of me. She's not in awe of me. Right. You know? Yeah. It's like, I only hang out with like top 10 bitches. And <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you are rising to my level. Yeah. Or my, my keeper is strong enough to withstand my glamour. It kind of pisses me off, but I respect it. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate, like, just, like, you know, it's like, if you're a heavyweight, sometimes you need heavyweight friends, you know? Mm-hmm. You need somebody that can just, like, punch yeah. back just as, you know, so that you can just, you know, be yourself. Yeah. Yep. 100%. I don't necessarily think that the way that they treat each other is good. <laughs> it's a little toxic, but in terms of just, like, a relaxing and being yourself, Centara needs somebody that can stand up to her. Yeah. No, I mean, they definitely have some growing to do in their relationship, but I feel like that's what it's going to, you know, ultimately be about. Yeah. Right. And I think she also, Centara maybe also needs to see Thaimara act like that because, again, she's a dragon, humans are bugs. You need Mm -hmm. to over-emote even, you know, be dramatic, make big gestures so that Mm -hmm. they can (laughs) understand what you're trying to communicate. We good? I think we're good. Yeah. All right, Ashley, take it away. Close us up. I'm closing it up with chapter 20 called Kelsingra. The chapter opens from Elise's point of view, and she's trying to interview Rapscal for her official records. And where she is conducting this interview from, you may wonder. Why? From a cottage on the hill with a beautiful view of Kelsingra on the other side of the goddamn river. So we do a re- recap of how they got there. Rapscal and Hebe told everyone it was a half day's flight to Kalsingra. And while they did eventually get there, it ended up being more like six painstaking days for the non-flying plebes of the world. And at first they were stuck in muddy puddles, <laughs> but it turns out that Rap and Hebes brought those infamous rains along with them. And the sad little puddles turned into a roaring river and Tarman was able to barge his way up it. Tarman was so pumped to get there that he took it upon himself to do the hard work while everyone else was just cold and wet, and they're like, I'm about to, about to complete my perilous expedition, but I'm all wet. And so then <laughs> Leptron did the only logical thing, and he turned on their battery-operated jam box to play the most appropriate song for the occasion. Cry me a river. Oh. Cry me a river. Oh, oh. Oh, 
me a river. And for a few pages, there was a sudden concern of, oh gosh, is the river current too strong? Will the dragons float away? And the pole workers had to get back to polling. But guess what? No one floats away because trees. And Robin Hobb thought about making this dispensable for like 0.3 seconds. And then she just totally bailed. <laughs> And anyways, there's dry land and hills, which is cool. And, you know, I live in a really flat place, so I, too, get pretty excited when I see a place that has hills. It's neat. And everyone is finally taking in this new landscape of hills and vistas and mountains and hard ground. And then Murkor, he, like, climbs up a hilltop and he trumpets, I found it, just like Sarah from The Land Before Time when she finds that tree with all the tree stars. And wouldn't you know, there across the river that you can see from this hilltop was the ragtag city of Kelsingra. But guess what? The Tarman can't get there because the broken docks are too risky. Joke's on you, bitches. So now we <laughs> jump back to the present where Elise is telling Rapscal her records are important because posterity. And doesn't he want everyone to know that he did this? He found Kelsingra. And while wearing literal tatters of clothing over his now bulging <laughs> muscles... <laughs> he tells his very detailed version of his time away from the group while Hebe flies overhead. He's like, there was a wave, and then we didn't die, and then we flew around, and we both grew, and then we flew some more, and we found this city, and y'all were pathetically trying to get there, but we found it, and then we found you guys in the end. And Rapscal, he's he's done, and Elise tells him... It uh, tells us about the love shack that she and Leftrin have made in the cottage. <laughs> they have their sex blankets laid in front of the fire, and that's where they just have lots of private sex with their very sturdy and soundproof blanket door. It's cool. <laughs> As Elise and Rap overlook the city from the sex shack, Elise is all, I can't wait to see the Kelsey. <laughs> is never going to stop laughing. As Elise and Rap overlook the city from the sex shack, Elise is all, I can't wait to see Kelsingra for myself. And Rapskull was like, let me spoil it for you. It's rotten. There's no scrolls. And it's empty. Aren't you glad we risked our lives? But if you really want to see it so bad, Hebes will fly you. Which turns out to be the most outlandish thing that Elise has ever heard, but she's like hella pumped about it. That night in the sex shack... Alice and Leftrin talk about all the possibilities of this desolate city, and she's excited about riding the dragon to Kelsinger, and Leftrin whines, but I wanted to take you on my stupid boat. Fuck flying a dragon, that's dumb. And she's like, okay, arches are great. <laughs> and as she realizes she's out of paper, Leftrin's like, no probs, babe, when we go back to the real world, we're just gonna grab you some, duh. And Elise is like, excuse? And Leftrin lays it all out. They'll go back get supplies and shit and then they'll get back to Kelsingra and then they'll go back and forth all the time and it's the easiest trip in the world and it'll be done in no time. Okay, sure. We jump over to Cedric who's chillaxing post-dragon bath and is swooning over Relpta's copper copperiness. He sure drank the cherry Kool-Aid on that one, didn't he? Get it? Cherry Kool-Aid is red like the blood that he drank. And then a shirtless Carson is all, she ain't got nothing on you, hottie, and he caresses his scales and it's super hot then he tells Cedric he's going to teach him how to hunt. Because what's more romantic than slaughtering animals with your lover? <laughs> Next on our tour of characters is Thamara. She's basking in the sun thinking about how everyone is totally infatuated with her wings. Even though they totally saw her tatas too. Tats comes up and he's... <laughs> They kind of like small talk about the changes and whatever. And then he gets to the point and that he asks if he's ruined everything between them, which to me is like a hard yes. But the Mara is kinder than me and she still puts up with his bullshit. 
So she gave him an answer, resex, and that it wasn't what he had wanted to hear before. And now he's still going at it. And he's still like, but there's a chance, yeah. And it's just like, fucking give it up, you horn dog. And thank God Rapskill interrupts them to check out her hot ass wings. And she thinks that they're hideous and she's not ready to be seen. But Rapskill's like, he's here for it. He's already totally in with these wings. It's the best thing he's ever seen. And we just love him for it. He tells her to sun them and to get strong so she can fly. And that little tat-faced fucker is all, oh, she won't ever fly with those. And then a female dragon came and ate him whole. The end. <laughs> <laughs> the hell she won't, though. The bitch is gonna fly just like Nelly Furtado in her 2000 video for the smash hit, I Am Like a Bird. Rapskell tells Tats to shut the fuck up because she will fly. And she's just gonna need to focus and practice and he's going to help her. We jump over to Centara, who sees Hebe hunting and decides she wants to be in on the action. She's ready to fly like the queen that she is. So she runs and beats her wings and she skips off the ground. And as she's falling back down, ready to crash, she beats her wings again and she softly lands. And so she runs again. And this time when she leaps, she leaves the ground behind her. End scene. Burb alert. An official announcement of the engagement of Eric and Dutozzi. Holla! And then they also rope Rael into their illegal mail scheme. <laughs> <laughs> You're the first to know. Aww. Oh, you guys, they fell in love. Eric and Dutozzi win the Most Romantic Story Award. They win. <laughs> right? Am I going to fall in love Super with some nerds. boring person that I email with all the time, day in and day out at work? it's gonna say it's you've got mail but they don't oh my God, i watch that movie like three times a week i'm not even exaggerating it's my go-to <laughs> book movie i've never seen it i've seen it oh, one the soundtrack like for that it. movie is actually fantastic so get on it but two like i've seen it so many times it's just really good to fall asleep to it's also better than Shop Around the Corner because okay, but I just so think that Tom Hanks is just so charming. The thing is, there's two Shop Around the Corners. There's the Shop Around the Corner, but then there's also the one that has Judy Garland that has a different name, and that one's really good. Oh, the one where she runs that store. It's the music store, and she does the song and dance yeah. number at the at the like the formal dinner. That's the good one. Yes, yes, that one's good. What's that? What is that called? Oh. Uh... Judy Garland movie. Shop around I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get there. In the, the wiki. good old summertime. Yes, that sounds yeah, right. Yeah. In the box office, it made $3.5 million and it came out in 1937. Is that possible? That doesn't seem right. Don't trust the internet. So, they found it. They're there. They're living in an old leftover cabin that is a thousand, two thousand years old. Like, I don't understand how time works. How do things still around? What? Here's my beef with that. So, <laughs> they all made? land on the banks of across the river Kalsingra, which is just like, of course. It's like moving into Pompeii. I don't get but it. But they... It's elderly made, so it So Lefter and Elise just claim the one sturdy building for themselves? Like, that seems really fucking He's selfish. He's the captain. 
he's the captain, he's the of, captain of his boat people, but he's not the captain of the keepers. He doesn't like what he his... did drag all their asses through there. He could they could not have gotten there without. I him. think it's selfish, and I feel like they just should have made it into like a nice have... cafe where everybody could hang out. Also, together. spoiler: it's not the only cabin. <laughs> also, they're just on dry land now. I think that's good enough. Yeah, I guess there was there was they just a, have there the was nicest enough... cabin. Yeah, there was. In the, and the most private, because there were definitely some, uh, like, it, it said one of the few, but there were, that implies that there were more than one, but then there were also the buildings that were big enough to be communal shelters for, every, you know, for, like, the group. She was very pleased with her little sex blankets, though. She's like, yeah, I put them right in front of the fire. It's very romantic. Well, if you live <laughs> on a boat, yeah, man, that's great. Are you kidding? This is probably, like... I just love that the they still Airbnb didn't have a real door, in. though. <laughs> There's no doors well, that anywhere makes, ever. That makes sense to me. Can you... I would have been livid if there had been a fucking door. Because I would have been like, what, what is it fucking made out of? How did the hinges survive? Like, we're talking about... Like, they've just found a 2,000-year-old, like, yeah. One elderling metal that doesn't rust and corrode for the hinges. <laughs> and then so. some really sturdy so. wood. You know what would have been cooler? Pyramids. <laughs> you have to go to Pharaoh for that. <laughs> I I like that they've gotten this far and they still can't get. It's like a video game. They still can't get to to the city because they've got to level up. They're like, oh, there it is know? across the river. Tarman needs longer legs or wings. They just need all of their dragons. That too. So there's a rule that you can't ride a dragon as a human because that would be belittling or. Not belittling, but like it's not cool. It's tell that to Rapscall. So, are they allowed to carry them like suspended in like a net or on a platform? Rapscall's fucking riding around her. It's like it's like the okay. Well, I've seen this movie, and I'm sure Ashley remembers watching this movie because I forced her to watch it. But remember in the Black Stallion when he's on the beach, yes, and he's got no clothes and it's just like rags, Um. (laughs) and he gets up on the horse and he's Mm -hmm. running through the waves. Yep. That's it. That's it. That's... And, and you know what? That's. I mean, they could yep. they could go like you know how Tintaglia took rain and just like. Oh, just carry. like pick him up with her fists. Well, Tintaglia is <laughs> yeah. a lot bigger, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah, I want them to be like little dragon hot air balloons, and they just build little baskets. You to, know, hundred like, percent rain just tries not to remember any of that journey. <laughs> uncomfortable it was cold it was not what i wanted <laughs> every every once in a while he wakes up from a nightmare yeah it's like my I'm legs like, were what? falling asleep from dangling below like worst my worst chest had bruises for weeks <laughs> yeah it's like it's like it's your first it's like if your first plane ride is super crowded economy <laughs> and it's like if your first flight. if your first plane ride is you strapped to the landing gear you're like i'm good i don't need to do that anymore i did have the first time i ever flew in a plane i was like 22 or 23 i was kind of old and i did a cross-country flight from here to portland and i'd never flown before and i was like i told the people next to me i was like i'm terrified i've never flown before if i'm crying just ignore me i'll just like silently weep over here it's totally fine and then there's this little kid in front of me who actually like very vocally was explaining all the sounds that the plane made that comforted me. However, the point is when we landed, 
it was a landing that I now know was like not okay. <laughs> but when we landed, we like <laughs> slammed into the ground and then they slammed on the brakes and I legit hit my face on the chair in front of me. <gasps> Oh no! And I was like, "God, no! This like flying is brutal." <laughs> but nobody around me seemed alarmed by that. Everybody was just kind of like, "Oh yay! We're like we're on the ground." Woohoo! Now I know that that's two things. Not I feel normal. like when you're on a plane, people are like, "I'm not going to be the first one to crack." Yeah, I'm probably. not going to be the one yeah. that freaks out. I'm fine. I'm fine. But they're all freaking out on the inside. And two, I also like have had terrible landings before. So now anytime I land, I put my hand on the seat in front oh, of yeah. me. Lesson and learned. anyone sitting next to me is like, this girl is serious. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm ready. Because <laughs> I don't want to smash my face into it either. I wasn't expecting it. So that little kid in front of you explaining how everything goes, that's Frapscale. Mm -hmm. It was really cute. And I was like, okay. I was like craning my neck to listen to him. You're like, oh, he knows what's up. He's been on a plane before. <laughs> He's probably like eight years old. <laughs> that's cute. Um, I am, I, you know, like, so they're here. They've gotten here. Robin Hobb. We're only halfway through. So, you know, shit's probably going to go to hell. <laughs> before <laughs> before anything else good can happen it's like okay you survived this now what can i throw at you winter um <laughs> fair touche earthquakes I think, I think i think my favorite part of this chapter was rapscal being like like, what the fuck do you mean she's not going to fly? Of course she's going to fly. These wings are going to grow, and she's going to exercise them, and she's going to fly. And it's like, yes, thank you, Rapscal. That's how you treat your woman. Like, you talk her up. You make her better. Like, you help her achieve her goals. Daimara wants functional wings. She wants to fly. I'll, Baby, I'll help you fly. Yes, thank you. Take take notes, Tats. So when, when somebody else finally shows up, right. that you can, he like, make your girlfriend. Take some fucking notes. That's how you treat her. I mean, in any right. good like relationship, a penguin would confuse yeah. Rapscal. You need to lift people. You need to encourage them to try and to, yeah. You know, if she fails, whatever. Yeah. But like, she should at least go for it. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's he he got Hebe to fly. A person smaller, that's got to be easier. Yeah, and he like he knows how to help wings like grow and exercise. Like, I don't know. I, I think I also I think... think it was cute that he wasn't like sexualizing her body when he was like, "I want to see your cool wings," yeah. you know. Like he yeah. wasn't like, "Oh, I'm gonna also try to sneak a peek," you know. Like I feel like Tats was just like, "Oh, I'm just gonna, what's going on there? You got you got some titties yet?" Like it was just like super <laughs> gross. It was. <laughs> yeah. It made her feel like super self conscious. Uh, the audacity of Tats to roll up on her and be like, "Hey, we good?" So, like, we good, good? <laughs> what like, if we're gonna do it, we're good? It's like, oh my god. It's like talking to a fucking wall. There are two books left. He could very well, like, you know, have a... Stop sucking? Have an arc. <laughs> but right now, he is in dire need of an arc. <laughs> right now, I am 100% on Team Rapscal. <laughs> yeah, I'm Team... I'm shipping that. What are we gonna call him? Thigh scal. <laughs> Rat Mara. I don't know. Rat Mara. Rat Mara. Rat Mara. I like Rat Mara. 
Yeah, I think you're right, Mom. What about Hebe and Centara? Sin Hebe. Well, they're both girls, right? Yeah. Uh, gay dragons. That's right. I'm, gay dragons. I'm for it, but, well, you know, Carson's dragon to figure out a way to gay. have a baby. <laughs> I mean, Centara has been fairly anti, like, any of the dude dragons. So. <laughs> That's true. I will not. I will not. Maybe one of the None dragon of keepers becomes a fertilization specialist for dragons. And she helps them do... Carson. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a job for Carson. He's... He's probably the only one that's going to figure out like how dragons work. Everyone else is going to be like, "Whoa, really? They need they need eight hours of sleep." He's like, "Yeah, I observed them. <laughs> I wrote things down." Well, you know, right now Carson um, Carson's the only one who's going to be capable of that because everyone else is too busy. He's like, definitely with their, dad Group with their dad. mating dramas, and Carson's yeah. like, "All right, I found my hubby. Like, I'm good. I can focus on other things now." <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, they're all, it's like, okay, so now you've reached your destination. Do you guys know how to live without trees? There are no trees here. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I feel like, no, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I liked Leftron's plan. He's like, we can send away for apple trees. I mean, Dude, honestly, though, like, they need how, seeds. like, people used to order their houses from JCPenney and stuff, you know, <laughs> in, like, the 50s. So you could just, like, order your house. I'm like, that's what they're going to do. They're going to send Tarman back down the river, and they're going to come back with, like, yeah. Some all the flat pack Ikea furniture. Yeah, I was very annoyed pack. with his perception of how, like, easy it's going to be. I'm like, you were just on this trip with everybody. It's like, I get they're not going to have dragons that they need to hunt for, and that was a very large element of it, and they'll be able to move faster, but, like, that doesn't take out the factors of what if there's another earthquake and another fucking tidal wave comes, and they still have to provide for themselves when they really don't have any food and they have to get back down. And then it just, he made it seem like, oh yeah, it's no big thing. Like, it's going to be super easy. We'll just do it. And I'm like, no. He goes with the, he goes with the flow, Ashley. He goes well, with the flow. But I mean, yeah, but to, to be fair, like, at least coming back up this way, like, it's not necessarily going to be that easy to get downriver, although I do agree it'll be a lot quicker. Um, and, and this is just based on, like, taking paddleboat trips up and down the Mississippi. Like, it literally takes 15 minutes. It's a two-hour cruise like a dinner cruise whatever it's like 15 minutes to get to the bottom and then like the whole rest of the time is like how is chugging back up against the current so that's like what's that ratio like four like seven to one so yeah like yeah they're gonna get down river quick they won't have to stop for like four days while tarman sits in the mud (laughs) right but but, but, but my point (laughs) that i have failed to make thus far sorry i'm making a long point is that when they're coming back up they know the route they know how long it like how long it's going to take they can properly prepare the supplies that they need for the boat and the crew on the boat to get back up in addition to whatever cargo they're bringing so it it won't be um yeah they don't have to it, hunt it won't be anymore. they don't have to do yeah, they just have like, to go they just have to go and they know where they're going too so exactly that the anxiety of like when will we get there will also be gone so maybe it takes a few months or what i don't i wasn't keeping track of the dates but like if you're just going and you know how long it's going to take then you're not you know it's not anxiety unless you know there's another earthquake or whatever right but you won't have the emotional distress of 
trying to, like, separate herself from Hess than <laughs> deal with all of that. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I think, I definitely think that, like, it's not going to be a one-and-done kind of trip, either. Like, they're either going to need to make a zillion trips. I feel like they're going to have to make a... He's always going to... I feel like it's going to be, like, a yeah. twice-annual right. situation, or, like... Yeah. And, and, or and that means that Leftrin's going to be a captain of a river ship the whole time. And like, is that, do you want to be waiting for him for 90% of your life to let, you know, you're going to live in this cabin while your husband's are, you know, I mean, I like my like alone time. Out. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe she goes that. on the boat with him and she's like, you know, when I'm, when we're home, you know, I study dragons and Kelsingra and right. Then I'm on the boat with my husband when he's working and, yeah. I mean, there are definitely a yeah. lot of logistics to this life that I think Lefteren is taking for granted because he, he understands it and knows it and lives it. And that may mm -hmm. be like a little bit yeah. more novel for Elise to kind of figure out. But yeah. most importantly, like their, their first trip back to think that their turnaround time is going to be quick is foolish because they're going to get there and oh, there's no. going to be yeah. scandal and there's going to be financials. And oh, yeah. Gonna be like, <laughs> Raiders cancel is going to want to talk to them. Yeah, and it's like, will yeah. they even be able to get back up the river? Like, what if somebody gets arrested? What if, you know, like, what the fuck is going to happen? <laughs> but he, he does have the there's one trip, the one ship that can make the trip, which yeah. is, I mean, pro probably part of the problem why it's going to be forever, take forever to start this colony up, but yeah, that, that first trip back is probably going to be just half full of people that want to speculate on the... Right, and so far they don't have anything to show for it. They're not going to be mm -hmm. able to go back and be like, look, it's worth investing money into this colony because of, you know, we found shit to trade. Like, right now they're like, we found some rock houses. Yeah. <laughs> we found land where we could grow sheep. I mean, that's... Grow I think sheep. that's I think that's definitely going... Right now is the mm -hmm. biggest... Yeah, the biggest kind of thing because like they're going to be able to have livestock. Mm -hmm. Speaking of getting to Kelsinger, I have sent another image. Oh, no. <laughs> this is how I think that they should travel. <laughs> it's perfect. Yes. <laughs> See, it's like a hot air balloon, but a dragon lifting. It's like a so also, fast. I did not just draw that dragon. I had that for my carnival. <laughs> I love it. That's going on. You can definitely do that at Roteland. We will. That will be our across the park. Um, what do you call them? Like you know the little like bucket seats that go suspend in the air above Aww. you in. <laughs> no, not like a monorail. Like a ski lift a equivalent a or whatever. Tele, whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Like they have them at they have them at our county fair. I don't. Or, well, not our county fair, but like our coastal Carolina fair. They set them up. They're like the little bucket seats on the little wires, and they go across the entire park. Mm -hmm. We'll have these. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> It'll be great. Um. Okay. I'm going to move us. Sorry, because we're long. I'm going to move us into every episode prompts. This be my crew character introductions and exits. Goodbye, Graft. Hello again, and, Hebe and Rapscal. And welcome back, Hebe and yeah, Rapscal. Yeah. That was that was definitely trade. a triumphant return. Yeah. Um Shady Business Adventures, who's being shady? I think everybody's kind of like cleared Grab. out their shadiness. Yeah. Cedric has confessed all Grab the shadiness. Is dead. There's still mm -hmm. a little bit of beef with the dragons. Yeah, maybe Centara. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's kind of a shady bee. 
making changes, making changes. Tats. <laughs> Cats. Tats is just yeah. yeah. Sucks. What <laughs> we haven't heard from recently? What? Did the cat make it through the tidal wave? I think the uh, cat is on the. There's a. I think I re- I recall. Yeah, cause... Grigsby like like do like hanging out with. The I leaf. think that everybody yeah, think on the barge was just fine. It was yeah. everyone. Yeah. I just feel who like was we haven't heard from the cat in a while. That's all. Um. He, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm with Rachel. There was definitely a scene after Leftrin and Elise hooked up that um, she, he was commenting on. You know, she strokes like, or Tarman yeah. seems to respond the, she, the same way Grigsby does. So, yeah. like that means that you know the cat's still there and he likes Elise too. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what a tangle! What are those dragons doing? Ooh. Well, Thymara, Thymara, Centara is working on Thymara for her art class. <laughs> they're growing they got warm they became we're more colorful and soothed yeah a good spa day can really just cure all your ailments and hebe hebe is flying now which is going to definitely motivate the others i feel yes hebe is giving the biggest fuck you ever <laughs> yeah. uh and core is i think maybe losing a little bit of ground because we have callow and spit who are both trying to flex and mm-hmm. challenge but that's just it they're just flexors they're just like the muscle like Mercor is the brain and the emotional intelligence and you know it's two very different things yeah uh boats why are they great well they can walk <laughs> <laughs> They have they have good navigational skills. <laughs> they know where they're going. I like how little like there was no really like skerfuffle about the fact that everybody's like, oh, that boat has legs. <laughs> it's moving. He clearly used extra wizard wood to do this. And they're just like, what else? They don't care. They don't care. Like it's helping. Kind of like maybe if you came from a family that like dealt in that kind of, but some of these people are coming from such like a low stratosphere in the in that society. I don't even think they understand that there's not enough wizard wood in one log to do all of that. They you know it may not even occur to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, dismantling the patriarchy, badassery, animal husbandry, and expired fashions from Jamelia. Everyone's half naked, wearing rags. <laughs> <laughs> Elise still has her elbow. They have around. scraps. It's like loincloth territory. George, I imagine loin. everyone in loincloths. Like I'm thinking, like fig leaves and <laughs> yeah, it's blue lagoon. Gotta have that long hair. Yep. Now they've got uh, uh, more bigger, bigger game to hunt for the dragons. Which is good because everyone's getting bigger, and Thymara is holding her ground against all these horny boys. Mm-hmm. Good for her. <laughs> good for her. Any predictions for next book before we close out? Thymara flies. Thymara flies. The- 
Do we think that's next book or do we think that's like last book? I feel like that's going to be uh, like. Where it's Robin Hop. You never know. It could be the last page out, of yeah. the next book or it could be the last page <laughs> of the fourth book. I feel like Thamara and Raphael totally going to get closer. We're shipping it. Bonding We're shipping it. We're shipping Rapmara. Yeah. I'm shipping it And then for sure. also as these dragons, I feel like more of the dragons are going to be flying, but they're also going to need to mate eventually. What happens so when they learn how to fly? Do they do half of them just fuck off? What do you, what, what, do you, what are your They pers- immediately have they sex. Pull a tentaglia. Oh, no, not sex. No. I hope that you know she applies her fade to black uh, rule for the. Dragon what happens? Situation. Yeah, what happens I've read enough about it. What happens if like tentaglia like comes back to be like, what's going on? Hey. <laughs> Everybody I, go. Uh, here's my thing is like if Tintaglia comes back, I don't even think that she'll be happy about their success. I feel like she's probably gonna feel competition mm-hmm. and will be a little bit of a bitch. She's gonna be like, Great, you I can that... drop my old tattered boyfriend. <laughs> get some yeah, get some right. hot. You know the ass. really annoying thing is that Tintaglia totally could have just flown in this direction mm-hmm. and found Kelsingra. <laughs> Right, but she flew the other way. Because <laughs> she, I mean, yeah. like she we don't know what to... height she's flying at. Would she have really noticed it? If she's flying no, so high like... that she can't notice, you know, like the ground the features, the city was designed to be viewed from above. Like, <laughs> fair. It should be like a beacon to dragons. Maybe she doesn't have that memory. Mm, yeah. I'm just saying, if she had. If she had been there, been around instead of off, like, having sky sex all the time, then, like, <laughs> she could have talked to the pitiful dragons in the mud and been like, oh, Kelsinger, we're going to go this way. Let me scout ahead for you. Maybe. Or she, I feel like she's got to come back and be like, where are my dragons? <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Daenerys. <laughs> they're going to be like, they left. We swear they left. They left. It's going to be like, where? It'll be interesting to where see what civilization thinks about the success of all these dragons they're gonna be like there. fuck they didn't die no nah, i think they're gonna yeah. be greedy about the they're gonna be like well can city. you can you guys start like a cool like dragon shipping service where you loot kelsingra and then use the dragons to quickly ferry things down so we don't have to wait for tarman because tarman's <laughs> gonna end up with like an exclusive contract and left uh-huh. gonna make a boatload of money uh-huh. Like, literally nobody else can make it up the river. Unless exactly. he shares. So, right. Like and he, even if he brutal. shares what he did, what are they going to do? There's no more wizard wood. And Tintaglia will not let them make, like, more Tarmen. So. Yeah. <laughs> Nor should they. They're, they're going to, you know what they're going to be do doing? They'll be hacking up regular would, like, boats. somebody break to... down a live ship That's what I mean. make a barge? Yeah. Poor Gold, Goldfinger or whatever his name Rings is. Rings Gold. <laughs> I thought Rings, Rings Gold, Gold was already gone. He, yeah, yeah, he got done. He got, he got shattered. Eaten. He get eaten. Goldfinger. Yeah. Goldfinger. <laughs> Butterfingers. <laughs> That's a mission impossible. No, not it's a um uh the other James guy with Bond. the tux and the martinis. Finger. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I uh, I'm just that was the one I couldn't I couldn't remember it and that was the only one that came into my head, sorry. Um okay. So our next our next book is going to be City of Dragons. We're going to read prologue through chapter four. Chapter three has a little bit of a trigger warning for a little bit of brief torture. Just a little. Ooh. Who is getting tortured? It shows up for a few <laughs> what is minutes. What's going on? I thought we were all friends. 
I think we're expanding the the POVs the character base. It's it's Robin Hobbs, so there's just a little bit of torture just for flavor. Fitz does come and he's uh, like, "Oh, these teens are old enough for torture." Fitz just appears to torture people and then <laughs> it's Hest, isn't it? I feel like we have to start seeing some like skill overlap now at some point. I don't know. Maybe we're in a city that was very important to skilling. So, uh, well, I'm also going to, we're not going to have a spoiler section for this episode because it's so long and I don't want to give myself more work. You got an extra chapter. You don't get a spoiler section. No complaints. I love you. Um, so (laughs) this has been Bucky radio. You can email us at Bucky radio at Gmail and let us know if we can read your email. Uh, and we will read it. And I'm Rachel. You can find me at Darth Rachel on Twitter and Darth underscore Rachel on Instagram. I'm Alyssa and I'm at AlyssaMaynard.com. I'm Jenny and you can find me at Faceless Fray on Instagram. I'm Eli and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay on Instagram. I'm Ashley. I'm on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. Full disclosure, most of everything I post these days are just stories about me doing yard work and the flowers that I'm growing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Elena. You can find me at Moth Elena. All right. Thanks. Start a new book. See you next week. (laughs) Bye. 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 Just keep going. Just keep going up the river. (laughs) 